episode number 32 of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, a podcast uh, that is focusing on geek culture, and we are now part of the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Kat. Hi. Jada. Hello. TJ. You. Uh, Bill. Heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us for his first time, uh, aside from Jada as well, uh, is our uh, Tony. He's from the All You Can Geek podcast. So. Good evening. And uh, Bill, you've actually been on that show a couple times. I have been too. on a couple of their shows, uh, a couple spoiler casts. I know for Deadpool was one. Yeah. Um, what was the last one I was on for? Overwatch? Was it Overwatch? We, uh, we did talk a lot about Overwatch in the last season. Yeah. <laughs> and Jada, this is your first time on the show as well? Truly. Um, this is the very first podcast I've ever been a part of. So thank yeah. you for having me. I'm no a uh, geek Jedi mom, so a lot of the <laughs> things that I talk about... Um, and geek out about are usually either Star Wars related or something having to do with one of my kids. So, uh, <laughs> and your husband Fish has been on the show a couple yes, times. Yeah, Mikey so. has been on the show a few times to talk about Star Wars and uh, other type things. So now, now it's the ladies' turn. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get the ladies' perspective. And if anything goes wrong because it's Jada first, Jada's first time, we can just blame her. And I'll murder oh, you in your sleep. Hey, we have two people to blame. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, no, no, but he's been on podcasts before. She, she's but not, not this podcast. Uh, that's okay. true. Um, this is actually also, the, uh, too, the November podcast, so uh, we're just you now right past Black Friday. Uh, this is the Monday after, so... And my birthday. Ah. Yay. And, Thanksgiving. Birthday. and Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, you skipped over the actual <laughs> holiday and went for the <laughs> shopping. <laughs> Black Friday is like the day that should not be named. The darkest yes. day. <laughs> the darkest of days. Well, we're going to get started. Uh, so we're going to start the show the way that we start every other episode. And my question for everybody tonight is this. Would you rather live as an outlaw in the Old West or be a pirate at sea? Uh, I'm going to start with Bill tonight. I I like the idea of being a pirate at sea. However, no. I like the concept. <laughs> however, I don't know if I could be on a ship for months at a time. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to have to go as outlaw in the Old West. I've been watching a lot of Westworld, so oh I think God, so I, I'd like to say I think I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, I can handle it. So long as there's no androids that can kill you. Well, they're not they're not allowed to kill you. Yeah, they're so. programmed yeah. to not to not. <laughs> Are you yeah. current in that show, sir? I have to watch the episode last from night, last yeah. night. Yeah, we so. do. Too. So. I'm only on like episode two. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if uh, you put if you put a picture in front of me, or if I put a picture in front of you, and you say doesn't look like anything to me, I'm gonna flip the fuck out. All right. Well, we will avoid any spoilers for the people that have just started the show at this table. If everybody was current, we'd still spoil the hell out of oh, it. Oh, so. I haven't watched any of it yet. I'm waiting until it finishes, and then I'm going to watch the whole, sense. binge the whole thing. So you got but two I, weeks. Yeah, yeah, but I got I saw the movie, so I know what happens to all those people. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they, they make this kind of feel like a follow up. Oh, that. really? Fair yes. Enough. Okay. So, um, so you're going uh, old west then? Yes. Okay. How about west. you, TJ? Oh, this is easy. Old west. <laughs> I get seasick. You get seasick. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, let me tell you, the desert is great for allergies. So it's fantastic because there's no, nothing grows it's out no there. salt water, though. Yeah, but I get seasick. Uh, <laughs> Plus, there's mold in the boat. There could be, yeah. yeah. So true. so desert, cow, you know, cowboy, I'm good. Okay. All right, cat. This is really friggin' tough because the two things I like to write most are Wild West Outlaws and Pirates at Sea. <laughs> Sometimes so, combining the two together. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> I read Outlaw. So I'm going to have to go with Cowboys Pirates, on seahorses. Oh, But I'd have to go with Pirate at Sea. I mean, as much as I like the Old West, too, um, you know, I really like the idea of sailing. 
I like boats, and I don't get seasick, so I'd be fine with that. I mean, I don't like the idea of drowning, but <laughs> that's a pretty big potential. But I mean, like, if you're an outlaw in the Old West, I mean, you'll be dodging gunshots, Bullets too. Constantly. and cattle stampedes yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah. So there's plenty of perils with both, and I'd go with pirate. Okay. Uh, Jada. Definitely pirates. Wow! A bit of a lifelong obsession with pirates. I think I've been a pirate for Halloween and other random cosplay things probably forty-seven times. Um, what the Wild West? Like it just doesn't. I, I mean, I get the appeal of it, but it doesn't really quite grasp me the way that that piracy does. And just as much as, and honestly, I get seasick on boats too. But we're going with this like willing suspension of disbelief thing. So I'm gonna go with pirate, and that you know eventually I just get used to it, and you know maybe have my own fleet of ships and be an awesome, awesome lady pirate. And yeah. Kat, you know, you and I could totally oh, be yeah, lady pirates be together. Awesome. Yeah, but let's be, let's be honest for a second here. There's only so much with me. There's only so much belief you can just you can suspend. Swashbuckling. Yeah. Cutlasses and corsets. Why would you think I wouldn't go pirate? No, no, no. So I'm, I'm saying for me, there's only so much disbelief you can suspend. That's true. I get seasick. But I'm most likely to get shot my first day as an outlaw. So, you know. Yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't end well. Yeah, it doesn't end well for me. So I might as well take the one where I'm comfortable. There you go. Tony. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Old West, too, as an outlaw, just because I think it appeals to me a bit more just, I don't know. Chew up, bang, bang. With the pirate thing, that you gotta worry, like, again, you gotta worry about, like, seasickness, you gotta worry about, like, gangrene, you gotta worry scurvy. about scurvy. Like, you know, I'm not about that life. I'm not because, about that you know, thug life. Wild West Outlaws clearly had a lot of options when it came to citrus fruit to avoid all the scurvy. <laughs> well, well, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about scurvy. I don't think anybody has ever died of scurvy. I mean, I could be wrong in the Old West. But... Yeah, I'm sure they had gangrene as well. Have you seen any of, like, the Wild West doctors well, that were pretty uh, much well, just, like, yeah, really? band sauce. Yeah, yeah. Really, for the most oh. part, apparently we just don't like our targets moving. But you got whiskey at the ready, so you know it's it's. it's we got rum. Yeah. Not to mention, I don't know. I just I just want to be kosher with Why the whole the fact of one? being out on sea for like weeks, if not months, on end without any ports to dock into, <laughs> as you may. But you know, there's there's something to be concerned about. I'm just yeah, being realistic. Pirates, that ain't no problem. You're fine. Well, <laughs> you know. Whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Perfect. If I'm the captain, totally works for me. Kenny's not even here. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, I gotta go... This is a hard call, actually. Yeah, I, it's a tough one. I'm going to go pirate, though, just because of Monkey Island. I'm not going to be a very good pirate, oh, but I'll be a pirate, yeah. so it'll be okay. Secret treasure islands, too, mm-hmm. man. I mean, you that, can't go wrong with it. Mm-hmm. We have so, a tie uh, again. We do. No, we I, I, I'm just imagining Rob being a pirate in Monkey Island and having to connect totally the old tire to the bicycle wheel from, uh, to the uh, flying coconut that go, that passes through once every four screens. Um, so, real quick, uh, I guess one of the things we were going to start with tonight is, uh, we haven't done this in a while, so we're going to actually dive into some movie trailers, some stuff that's coming soon, uh, and a little bit of stuff that just came out now, so specifically, I guess we'll start with the one that's already out in theaters at the moment, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, and, uh, everybody at this table except for Jada has seen it, so we'll avoid spoilers. Oh, um, no, oh, no I'm going to spo- spoil the hell out of this thing. No. <laughs> But actually, some these this conversation specifically is actually going to spin out our other two major things that we're going to talk about uh, for the front half of the show. So, uh, as far as Fantastic Beasts, for people that haven't seen it, as far as from us kind of looking at it again from the most recent trailer, where is people's level at from that trying to mentally 
cut yourself off from having seen it. <laughs> Everybody's okay, Jada. What did you think of the trailer? Well, I, I love right a good period piece, and I absolutely love anything having to do with the 1920s, and I adore J.K. Rowling and the whole Harry Potter universe, so I'm pretty psyched about it, actually. Um, you, yeah, know, you can't go wrong. It's uh, fantastic. From from what I've seen of it, the costuming looks brilliant, um, the special effects, and the way that they've sort of animated some of the creatures and brought them to life was really intriguing, um, and I'm very curious to see how they pull the whole Hogwarts universe into the Wizarding World of New York. Um, especially at that time period, because that's just the 1920s was sort of there was a little bit of a retro spin in the 1920s where they really were delving into a lot of um, mythos. And you got a lot of, you know, people going into seances and Ouija boards. And like there was a lot of sort of delving into the magical universe. And this actually happened. So the fact that they kind of tied that into the Harry Potter universe where people are like all of a sudden like, wait, does magic really exist? And what's going on? And, you know, like are witches really amongst us? Like it's very intriguing. And I, I'm very excited to see this movie. Cool. Um, I, I got to say one of the things that excites me the most is exploring the 1920s. Um, just their game plan for this series, what Rawling has come out and officially said since right before the movie and after, which doesn't spoil it, is that this is all building towards the first great wizarding war that is through the backdrop of World War II. So it takes place, everything starts with Fantastic Beasts in the late 20s, and this will take place until 1945. So. Go ahead. Dumbledore! I'm going to be the dissenting voice. (laughs) Save that thought for when we get to the next big topic that's going around about this, where we discuss prequels. Okay. What's up? Young Dumbledore? Young Dumbledore? Uh-huh. Young Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah, when he shows up in this movie, it's fantastic. It's a great scene. I hate you so much. <laughs> it's great. She hasn't seen it, so I can make up anything. And like, the the flowing, like the flying monkeys in The Wicked Witch of the West was an amazing addition. Who knew? <laughs> I thought it was... It Switch was... seats with me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the trailer was, again, it was well put together, almost... And you know, <clears throat> after seeing the movie, it was a little too well put totally. together. Yeah. yeah, that last spoiler, that, that last uh, trailer was very uh, spoiler heavy. They, yeah. they definitely did a lot in the trailer. And if I had seen that trailer without seeing the movie, I would have been really excited for the movie. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have felt like it. It showed the whole movie, and obviously, it didn't show the entire movie, but it it definitely showed a good bit of it. Um. Again, I know we've had this talk before about trailers and just showing too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you on the less is more factor. Although, having yeah. seeing as I'm the only person at this table who <laughs> hasn't seen the movie, mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. I still don't really know what to expect. I know that there's going to be yeah. a lot of fantastical... Beasts and beasts. places to find them. <laughs> places yeah. to find them, yes. Um, and a lot of special <laughs> effects. Um, and just a lot of really cool scenery and costuming. But, you know, I didn't really get a whole lot of... Centripetal of what what the actual plot is going to be, which I is guess, actually kind of yeah, cool when you really true. don't that know. They, they do a lot of flashbang and like a lot for show, uh-huh. which that's really kind of like wow, this is going to draw you into this. Yeah. But they don't really delve a whole lot into the storyline of like we're we're going to give away a whole lot of yeah. you know major things that are going to happen. It's tough. It's tough to turn it off because mm-hmm. I'm you know watching the trailer. I'm trying to think about it and talk about it without having seen the movie. Like. Yeah. But my mind is filling in the pieces in between each scene, well, saying, okay, this, this, this is this. this is a trickier one, too, because when you saw a trailer to Harry Potter and, like, 
philosopher's stone or you know the we secret stone, the Every, stone. Or sorcerer's stone, <laughs> secret stone, whatever. Same thing. Secret, <laughs> yeah. secret stone. Of well, all no, the things. philosopher's stone is actually what it's called. Yes, okay. I know. So, yeah. um, but lots I mean, of fun, uh, control H's in that book. So basically, I mean, like everybody knew what to expect of this, and this was the first time everybody went in blind. So yeah, right, true. because we'd all by the time the Sorcerer's Stone came out, everybody had read the books. Right, it's true, and that's where my perspective is as somebody who you know I like Harry Potter, but I don't love it. And mm-hmm. I think it was just because by the time I did start to see those movies, like it was like three or four in, and like things from the books had been spoiled for me. Like the major points, I'm like, uh, oh well, yeah. Oh man, I guess I'll just wait for that to happen in the movies. But yes. this one, I get to feel like I'm part of like the new, like uh, new fresh experience. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, to me personally, like. I don't really care for the main characters here. Like, I didn't really like Harry. I didn't like Ron. Hermione was okay, but like See, this. I loved Hermione. Hermione was well, yeah, Hermione's the best out of the Ron three. She totally is. I will give you that. Yeah. Ron was totally useless. He's so awkward. And <laughs> I mean, is. this. I guess just because <laughs> the main character in this is a bit older, like I can. Well, yeah, he's not eleven. Right. I found him a bit more interesting. I think the whole point with the Harry Potter, like the first, I remember seeing the first trailer for the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter movies, and I had read them. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, what really snagged me with that was that I had imagined it all so thoroughly, and so much attention to detail was put Mm -hmm. into even just the trailers that I just remember seeing, you know, the owlry and like the stores on um, on uh, Diagon Alley, and I was just Mm -hmm. oh my. God, like it's like they plucked it right out of my imagination and put it on the screen in front of me. Yeah. Um, the way that they really kind of portrayed everything and just even the kids, like they were you know actual little kids, and you got to, got to watch them grow up through the movies. To me, that was just that was spot on, yeah. um, and that was part of the magic of it. So I'm really excited to see Fantastical Beasts because, it, like you said, right. it's a new way of going into yep. the uh, experience of the universe. To talk about the new experience. It was so refreshing to see, I don't want to say an adult Harry Potter film, but... But one made for grown-ups, one not 11-year-olds. One made for grown-ups. Yes. And adults using magic. Yes, because they're not 11. People trained <laughs> and know how to use magic, and just, there's just magic all about, like, you know, through the trailer, you see them doing things like changing their clothes and yeah. tying a bow tie, and it's just yeah. It's just simple. second nature. Oh, yeah. exactly. It's not kids going, Leviosa, yeah. not Leviosa, you know? <laughs> there really yeah. are, like, some rules put put in place because sometimes they use words sometimes they don't sometimes they need a wand sometimes they don't what? it's like come on well the one the big rule was that you almost always have to have your wand there were only a couple wizards that weren't a, were able to you to cast wand right, magic. Yeah. yeah like harry was eventually one of them right not in the books. No. The books. Dumbledore was. Dumbledore was. Yeah. Voldemort was. Yeah. There are a couple Snape things that they was, sneak McGonagall in there. Was. Um, and I think some of it had to do with like maybe charms that you set up in advance. Like if you set up a cantrip ahead sense. of time, yeah. and, like you know, like Molly Weasley's kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, pots mm-hmm. that stirred themselves and yeah. bread that made itself and things like that. Like those kinds of things were obviously charms and cantrips that she kind well, of no, set the, up the in advance. One, the big thing is, for, at least for me, it's sometimes they use words and sometimes they don't, and it's like. Well, sometimes you read by speaking, and other times you read silently to yourself. It makes sense. And they actually go into that. I think it's in book five where they talk about yeah. nonverbal spells. Right. Um, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But think about that. this in D&D terms. I mean, imagine what level these wizards are yeah. at this time in their life. How many times could you use silent spell if you were a D&D <laughs> wizard when you were, like, first yeah. level? When you were Never. a <laughs> Well, no, no, but, uh, but I'm just saying, like, because sometimes they'll do... The levitation spell without the words, mm-hmm. but then most of the time it just looks like they're shooting bolts out of the wand. I'm okay with the bolts out of your wand, but you know, in the same scene when you go when Guardian Leviosa 
And then three seconds later, you do it without the words. It's like, oh, come on, just pick one and stick with it. <laughs> well, without, go ahead, if you want to get Well, I was going to say, with um, as much as it was adults using magic in the movie, what I did love about it is it actually didn't feel like an adult movie, though. It still felt like a kid's movie. Like, it, it just, it, you know, could, universal, I guess. It can hit any It's a good range. family film. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, you know, it didn't have, like, a lot of the things you would expect from an adult film. Whereas it still had that wonder and yeah. sense of magic that Harry so Potter So, like, my eight-and-a-half-year-old would really yes. enjoy yeah. it. She would love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, it still had the wonder and magic of Harry Potter, which that's really what I wanted. So mm-hmm. I was completely happy. <laughs> I actually think even your five-year-old would love it. Yeah. Six, but close enough. Six. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, he just had a it's birthday. Okay. <laughs> so... Well, so we don't spend too much time in the Harry Potter universe. So what we'll do is there's a couple of these that we were very like, rah, this looks phenomenal. And the other ones were kind of like, eh. And some of these are, you know, yeah, kind of in between. So we'll kind of intersparse them through. So let's say the next one we'll talk about is Ghost in the Shell. One that's caused a lot of controversy. We've talked about it in the past, especially when Scarlett Johansson was cast as uh, the major. Um, Japanese woman? Yeah. Um, so obviously, we, as we discussed at that point in time, like the whitewashing of the character. Um, but after seeing the trailer, what do people think of it right now? I mean, it looks like it's got a very Blade Runner-esque world that they made for it, which mm-hmm. looks close to the anime, I would say, yeah. from seeing the original. But does it make anybody even a little bit excited? No. I think I can speak for all of us when I say... Yeah, no, I feel the same way. The universe itself looks really cool. It reminds me a little bit of Shadowrun. And again, yeah. I was never really into anime. So yeah. if I saw this movie, I really wouldn't have a frame of reference from like, oh, you know, I watched this back in like the 90s and it was like my favorite yeah. thing and this just can't live up to it. I might appreciate it for what it is. It's like, you know, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I would probably appreciate it for what it is. I don't know that I would go out of my way to see it. Yeah. You, you know what? It looks like a great movie to watch on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I guess... Oh, okay. Okay, I guess uh, I'm on the differing side. I I actually am excited to see this movie just because I did like the series and the various movies that have come out over the past couple decades. Um, And, you know, the thing is, there have been movies based on anime before, but most of those, like, the overwhelming majority of them are pretty crappy. So, (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm really interested in seeing, like, a a bigger (laughs) studio, like, bet on a major anime franchise where yeah. even if it is successful, like moderately successful, maybe that will urge them to open, the gates. open up yeah. other gates, you know, stuff like that. And uh, just recently in the news, I think they announced a, a full metal alchemist. Uh, movie, I saw which, there's, a, there's, the, there's the, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a Japanese, Japanese film. One. Yeah. Really and we yeah, watched exactly. the first um, Kenshin uh, live action. Yeah. I heard that was really good too. Which yeah. they did a beautiful oh, the, job. The new yeah. Death Note. Death Note. Yeah. Uh, it looks interesting. You get to say it out loud. You'll be with I'm sorry, I don't know anything about anime. It's, it's totally not my fandom. I will say that I, I, I will I will give you all a good nerd must say, which is my um, <laughs> my token saying for like the you know the, the nerding in me appreciates the nerding in you. Um, it's just not, it's not my thing. It's not, it never yeah. really gap- captured me the way yeah. it did. Uh, many of the people that I knew, but my no. jam. But yeah. uh, funny enough, it was my jam. But I actually never saw Ghost in the Shell. But I mean, like seeing the trailer, um, I think it aesthetically looks really pretty. But there is no emotion capturing me yeah. at all. It's one of those ones that kind of flatlined for me. Yeah. Like I can look at it and visually, it looks very pretty. But I really can't get a sense of any sort of character or why I should care about them. So I. Would like to probably say I'm probably the biggest Ghost in the Shell fan here. Yeah, most likely. The, the trailer. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How many of us have seen it? I've oh, seen Ghost in the Shell 1 and 2 and 
all of Stanley. So about half. So yeah, you can claim. So uh, it looks almost shot for shot exactly like the you know the, the original the OVA. Movie. Yeah. Uh, and as to being not emotionally connected to the characters, there wasn't a lot of emotional connection to the characters in the OVA because you know the major was very much a. I do my job. This is what I do. I'm kind of emotionless. And then Bato was also basically the same way, although he had a bit of anger that came out at times. Yeah. They didn't show you the emotional character in that trailer at all. They didn't show you Togusa at all, who's completely, almost completely human. And that's why. And I think that was one of the themes I kind of tried to get at was because these characters are so... Very little of them is human that they're disassociated from a lot of their emotions. But that's why they can do this job because they're the, yeah. they can separate their emotions. Right. From. I feel like if they had showed the emotional character, I probably would have yeah. been more Yeah, interested. as a, as a <laughs> counterpoint to the emotionless characters, because all I got was bland. Yeah, it just feels bland. Because that's the problem with visual, though. Yeah. It's like when you're just looking at a movie and a trailer, if you just get bland on screen, like... You're not going to think, oh, this is... So the best way to kind of put Ghost in the Shell, you you like Star Trek Next Generation, right? Yeah. Imagine an action film set in a Blade Runner universe with Data Data. is the lead, who is a stone-cold killer and is trying to figure out why he is the way he is. Mm -hmm. Oh, so First Contact or or, uh, what was the last one? Uh, Resurrection? Nemesis. Nemesis. Nemesis, Nemesis, right. That that was a horrible... (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's the best way I can kind of sum it up. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But um, if you tried to pitch me a movie with like just you know cold, emotionless like Data as a killer, I'd I be would like, watch eh. it. When but it's, it's Scarlett Johansson. When you learn how to talk down. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong; that form-fitting outfit is amazing. But all I, I have to say care. about that is, you know what, Scarlett Johansson is an amazing actress. Oh no, she is. Here's the thing: I'm sure that there are a lot of Asian actresses yes. who are hella pissed about this. That's, oh yeah, that's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to move past that one. We'll move into another <laughs> big one that we all want to talk about, which is Rogue One. Yay! Um, obviously, the reason that it's kind of fun that we're talking about this today is tickets went on sale this morning, and just Ooh. like last year when we recorded our November episode, it also crashed Fandango. <laughs> um, so Yay. I know because of fan- apparently Fandango was nothing. Yeah, pretty much. They did not use the force. Well, it's also kind of at the fault of Lucasfilm this time around because they said, hey, tickets are going on sale Monday. Monday? <laughs> and then there was kind of like a question mark, like, we're not sure when. I don't think anybody at yeah, the but... studio is aware of when. So, hey, Monday. by the way, here's a TV spot we're going to release online and tickets went on sale around like one or two in the morning. But at the same time, you think Fandango is known that they were going to go on sale today, you know, mm-hmm. for at least a month. Yeah, you know what? Let's throw a couple more servers up, maybe. But just I, I had a feeling bit. more than likely, though, Fandango and every other company didn't know when they were going to say Lucasfilm and Disney were going to pull the switch and say, okay, tickets are allowed to go on sale now. And they probably got several hours notice to keep yeah. that from leaking out. Because that was a big uh, thing they were talking about. Leaking. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and it's, it's I'm Disney not sure why ma- so. matters if ticket time release there are enough star wars nerds and i'm one of them that will buy them no matter what so right yeah um so obviously uh we didn't sit down and watch the trailer the most recent trailer like specifically for this because i've been heard from many people that it's incredibly spoiler filled kind of like fantastic beasts so i've avoided the newest one like the plague yeah Uh, which one's the new uh Um, it's the one i believe that it came out uh, a couple days before thanksgiving is it the one uh, is it the TV spot? 
Well, uh, I heard the TV recent TV spots. I think that would happened on either Thanksgiving Day or Black Friday, and then there was a one a day or two before, yeah. which got into a little bit more than I think people wanted to know before seeing the movie, yeah. and there was a little bit of hate thrown out there in the geek culture, which is not a big surprise. Wait, I'm so shocked. Hate <laughs> thrown out in the geek culture? Dude, Never. What? I'm no, shocked. I watched the trailer. I did not shocked. realize anyone wanted to come out. <laughs> um, so. Where yeah, are people standing so far on this film, aside from, yeah, 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 more Star Wars? Yeah, 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 I mean, more Star think, Wars is yeah, always... Yeah, yeah, more Star Wars is... That, that's always awesome. Um, again, I'm happy that they're actually releasing some standalones um, yeah. that are going to kind of delve into what happened and how we got this information, how people got the information for the first Death Star. I mean, don't tell me many Bothans have died, because that's the second one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, people kept saying that. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, many no, Bothans have not know, died to bring you this movie. Been, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was, in fact, the second one. And, of course, I love that there's, just an, yet again, another strong female character yep. yeah, um, that is awesome. headlining this one. And I know that that's something that is, again, in the geek universe, kind of brought some hate on it. There's also a very culturally diverse cast. Yep, with Asian. Exactly. Hey, yeah. look, an Asian guy. Holy yeah, what? Oh, my gosh. Those exist in the Star Wars universe? Yes. Dear Lord, yes. And black guys. Um, but again, I really like the fact that they're sort of delving into the underbelly of the rebellion and really seeing like, yeah, people actually died for this shit. Like, this is important. This is mm-hmm. really important. And I especially think that given our political climate right now, people need to see that. People need to see that the underdogs sometimes win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's also incredibly exciting about this movie, I know, especially for me, that was an awesome feeling. Everybody was pumped when we found out Vader's going to be in it. But more more exciting than that is James Earl Jones is yeah. voicing Vader. <laughs> nice. proper, proper. Well, he voiced Happy Vader before. Happy he noises. voiced him in uh, episode three. No! Oh. Oh. He also no, has done was, some cameos in Star Wars Rebels, no, which no, I don't no, know I if you're up to speed was, on uh, that. James but, um, he he did do some he did do some voicing for Darth Vader yeah. in Star Wars Rebels, which Rebels if you're not watching it. Yes. Honestly, so honestly, with the way 2016 has been going, he better voice some more Vader. Yes, <laughs> quickly. Soon. Stop it! Don't even put that out in the universe, Bill. I will murder you. If it happens tomorrow, I take full responsibility. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the whole movie looks fantastic. I'm loving the look of the cast. Uh, I think Jin looks like a phenomenal female lead for this. Yes, uh, and I think there's yeah. something that's I want been to cosplay her so <laughs> badly. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> Awesome. One of the things that's super exciting about this too, and I think a lot of people also said it, is the cl- the like classic four through six Star Wars jank is yeah. very very yes. visible in yep. this universe. Yeah, yep. things look very grimy and beat down and dirty. Well, they're secondhand. supposed to. Yeah. Again, it's it's the gritty underbelly of the rebellion. Yeah. Like this is not the shiny new ships from Naboo. This is we nope. scrapped together what we could, could find, and look, we made a starship. It might run. You want to try it out? Let's <laughs> yeah. go. It might explode. It might you explode know? too. Yeah. You might have to get out and push. Yeah. But you know it's. And again, like I think there's actually a um, a quote from Harrison Ford talking about when they reboot, when they redid uh, for Episode Seven, when they redid the Millennium Falcon. The very first Millennium Falcon, they just had switchboards that had no springs in them, so like they would flip a switch, and then halfway through the scene, it would like drift, drift down. back down. Yep. So. You know, again, like these are the kind of seedy things That's that you awesome. want to see in a Star Wars was, film. It's about the rebellion. Well, yeah, I remember when he was saying. I think the follow up of that story was when he said he'd come back. He's like, when he saw the set, he's like, uh, the, "Well, the switches have springs this time." Yes, and he's like, "Yes, he's like, then I'm on board." <laughs> so, so, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go rogue. Yeah, I was. Gonna I need say, a bell. They, <laughs> I was gonna say, did they spring for the springs? Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a muted counter? one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. Um, because 
I was a little disappointed in episode seven. What? It was, it was too. It felt like I was watching episode four again. How is this a I'm bad okay thing, though? No, but, <laughs> yeah, no, right? no, it's something you've seen before. Yeah, it's something I've seen before. And this one it isn't, but I'm afraid it's going to fall into cliches and tropes um, because of a couple of articles I've read. And I'm so I'm cautiously optimistic in that we're getting a new Star Wars stories. Yeah. Star Wars story. But... <sighs> well, this will also be the very first Star Wars film ever on screen without the iconic crawl. Yeah. yeah, the very beginning, which I know a lot of people really? are like. Oh, I didn't know that. Weird. Mm-hmm. That is going to be strange. Um, there have been rumblings out there that the crawl from A New Hope will start in the beginning and it will cut away. Ooh, hmm. now see that's that, interesting. That seems, they said, but that seems gimmicky. But ultimately, see? but you know what? There's always been a gimmicky campiness to Star Wars that some yeah. just some part of campiness my myself I'm, just absolutely campiness. Loves. I'm fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm fine with, but. Like one of the reasons I fell out of love with the Harry Potter universe was because of the cliche of the self fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a, like she was doing really well, and then suddenly, hey, here's the prophecy, and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. You didn't need it. There was no point to it. Yeah, so you feel that that's sort of paralleled in the Star Wars universe in this it, case. It, well, especially from the the fourth, comparing the fourth movie to the seventh movie, yeah, you know, A New Hope to Force Awakens, right. they were very much. The same movie. Um, uh, though I think the main reason, though, and I understand why, it was as much uh, of a serious familiarity. Uh, bleh, familiarity. familiarity. I um, <laughs> so was you have to think about it. You came away from episodes one through three, where there's a portion of the fan base that loves them, and they're as equal of any of the other Star Wars movies. So especially for people in more of the younger generation. Yeah. They watched Star Wars 1 through 6 and didn't question the order they came out yep. in or any of this stuff because it's meant to be a family film first and foremost. Yeah. For the people that did feel slighted by them, you have to remind them why you like Star Wars. And say, hey, here's a backdrops of things that we've done before, but everything that's new that is coming from this is all coming from the new characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old characters that you love are all doing the same things you expect those yep. old characters yep. to be doing still, but all the new ones yeah. gave you something different. Yeah. And just to follow, For the most part. And just to follow what you said, I think exactly that's why they did it, because they're like, hey, look, you know, we came off episodes one through three, and like, some people liked it, some people loved it, but a lot of people really disliked it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, the franchise has been pretty much dormant for like, what, 14 least, years at least? Yeah, I mean, so, with, the, you know, with the exception of like Clone Wars and Rebels, which is yeah, kind of massive fan yeah. base. I'm sorry, that's like on the big screen. You can still do those things without giving me another Death Star. Sure, I mean, I, I can okay. see that. And, <laughs> but, and, the, and, and another, we have to shoot, you know, we have to shoot a... Tor- photon tor- or whatever. Uh, thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have to shoot another hole in the planet. Uh, uh, planet. But yeah. the other thing that worries me is that the last uh, I read an interview with um, uh, who's the guy that plays Kylo Ren, Adam Driver. Adam Driver, and he said that the episode eight is going to feel very much like Empire Strikes Back. And I went... I don't know about that. Honestly, I I really don't think that. I I think with episode seven, what I really fell in love with about it is that it was really sort of the best, pardon the pun, but passing the torch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's where I was going because... It was actually... I mean, 
for God's sake, the lightsaber yeah. at the end. Like, yep. it, sorry, spoilers. But I mean, yeah. if you haven't seen, seen it, it by now, at this point, yeah. it's been out for a year. Go we had spoiler um, rules. Go back two episodes where we yeah. say, "Hey, this is where we <laughs> stand." So, oh, also, exactly, why are you like, listening to this podcast if you haven't seen this movie? Exactly, yet? right. So, but I mean, for me, episode seven was really about passing the torch, and you know, I'm not going to give away anything else. But you have, like you said, some of the characters that you love, and they're doing right. what you expect them to do. Like you have Leia, and she's taking charge and kicking ass, and yep. you have Han and Chewie, who are you know. Yep. being scoundrels out and through the known universe and such and then you have these new kids who don't know what the fuck they are doing and god damn it aren't yeah. they adorable exactly and I think you know the, the big moment near the end which I guess was what like with you know Han Knight that really effectively was him passing his torch like Cutler being like you know what absolutely I, I love you. I got to make you like you got to follow your own path. Peace somehow, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ford and not to like, mention that Harrison yeah. Ford didn't like Star Wars. He never I liked movies. No, exactly. yeah. I mean, I, he definitely was so like, he pretty all right. much was like, I'll be in this one, right, but you got to. I me. don't have to be in, in anymore. Right. It's like, I just want my paycheck. Yeah. Drop the money. It was like Bill like, Murray and like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Hey, I'll be in the reboot. Yeah. I'm going to be a know nothing, and you're going to kill me in that too. Yeah. It wasn't that precious too. And I will say, I put a lot of the blame onto J.J. Abrams. Uh, who is well, probably here? Let's not fall uh, yeah, down the sorry. Hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're but yeah, I'm close. Thirty-five <laughs> minutes, and you've talked about three trailers. So it's far. true. So, um, but anyway, I think we're, we can all say we're excited for Rogue One. Yes. Or, or if we're not excited, we are cautiously yeah, optimistic. Yep. And that's only coming go. from one no, person I'm at super the table. Psyched. I am too. I'm, I'm super psyched. Um, okay, so one of the other big ones we wanted to definitely talk about. I think we're going to skip Assassin's Creed because we did talk about that not that long ago. It was um, and it looks we good. will talk about uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Since the last episode, uh, we did get our full-blown actual Wonder Woman trailer, uh, which has been... And there's another one coming out soon. Yes, Yay. and another Justice League trailer that's coming in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Justice League. Um, Aquaman. <laughs> so, I'm fine so, for needs a minute. Uh, <laughs> so, for Wonder Woman, uh, Teach, I'm going to kick to you first because you are a resident DC expert at this yes. table. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it looks fantastic. You can definitely see the influence of Jeff Johns in the humor alone. Um, Plus, a lot of people don't know this, but Jeff Johns actually worked on, uh, uh, worked with Richard Donner. um, And uh, started with, uh, I believe it was with Superman. Yes. All those years ago. Yes. Um, so there's definitely a call out to the Re- Christopher Reeve Superman in there. Um, they just the look and the feel. You can already tell it's brighter mm-hmm. than the last it couple. Is. You can see the blue and like the the it, leather of her skirt. Yeah, exactly. like, it doesn't look muted. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing looks muted. And even um, in the gritty looking World War One sequences, even her costume oh, pops right, and over everything else. Uh, the Greek accent, I think, is fantastic. I it really makes like so it. much sense. Yes. Um, the mascara, hello. Yeah. Right. Now, don't get me wrong, I think, but when she comes back for the Justice League movie, that should be toned down a bit because if I'm reading, well, no, if I'm reading things right, mm-hmm. she never goes back to Themyscira. Oh, okay. So she's stuck in the world of man for the next two, okay. three... Uh, Which yeah. is a nice tie yeah, to current things in comics. Yes. Damn, if she looks that good after being stuck in the world of men for 50 years... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so time will just erode the accent a bit. But, man, let me tell you, that just... It looked fantastic. Um, Chris I, I, Pine's... Yeah. Pine looks really good. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited that, A, Wonder Woman's finally 
getting a movie. Yes. Finally. Finally. B, Seriously. that they finally found people who appreciate the character to do it. Uh-huh. And C, that this will be the first major female superhero on the market. On the market, and it will be Wonder Woman. And not yeah, even that. I know. You get a female director to direct. Yeah, that's that too. Yeah, I, I mean, awesome. lots of firsts for the comic book movies. Yes, yeah. and it's it's great. I think this is a fantastic step forward. And I'm like, as much as I would love a Black Widow movie, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to the Captain Marvel movie. This still mm-hmm. should be the first. This should, should be, be the first. Absolutely should be. This the first. is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder she Woman should is the quintessential. She is the quintessential mm-hmm. woman superhero. And I'm not even going to say superheroine because she yeah. is the quintessential woman superhero. And actually, um, a lot of people don't know this, but she has a lot of roots in feminism. The the, mm-hmm. the creator of Wonder Woman yeah. was a well-known feminist and he lived this kind of extravagant life and just said, you know what? We're going to create this character who is just going to kick a lot of ass and she's not going to play by the rules he, of men. He was also the creator of the lie detector and it was also hardcore into <laughs> S&M. Yes. And yes. the time that it was. <laughs> He lived in a polyamorous relationship that he practiced Mm -hmm. a lot of BSDM. Yes, isn't it? It's very cool. And actually, Um, even if you dig into the Mm -hmm. very progressive Mm -hmm. for his time, and then created this character who also they they kind of released that you know obviously she grew up in Themyscira like it's clearly a lesbian character like there's there's a lot of inclusion in this Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of feminist roots and uh, just the fact that again it's like you said it's. A female superhero. It's directed by a woman. It's a cast and crew that just is really absolutely celebrating this, and I could not be more excited about mm-hmm. it, frankly. Uh, that that's one mo- like a lot of these movies. I'll look at and go, it's you know like Fantastic Beasts. Where to find them? I didn't need to see it opening night. Rogue One. If I see it a week late, I see it a week late. This one, I'm going to be in the. I'm going to be in line. Okay. Uh, I'm going to I have my Kat seat. and I have yeah. already organized a girl <laughs> cosplay trip to the movie theater where we're all going to dress as Wonder Woman and go see awesome. this movie. Uh, real quick, is anybody at this table here feel uneasy about it with the current? DC track record one and work recently. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, actually, I actually, I actually wanted yeah. to ask that to see if anybody because I, I know yeah. I know you didn't like BBS. I yeah, think. and that's. That's where I was going. I'm probably going to be the negative Nancy. Now, with with what you guys are talking about, like, strong female character, you know, Wonder Woman being the iconic feminine superhero, I totally agree with feminist, that. Not feminist, not feminist. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I totally, totally am an advocate that, like, when they announced it, I was way back, you know, years ago, I was like, all right, awesome, Wonder Woman, I could get behind that. Sure. Just with the track record that DC has shown, Wonder Brothers DC <laughs> has shown, you know, at first I, was, I thought it was Zack Snyder, but you know what? Suicide Squad didn't really satisfy me either. I was just like... I don't know about this. I, I, I think they met a little bit too much with the Well, the I, will, I will say to try to uh, alleviate your fears a little mm-hmm. bit, um, the guy that I mentioned, Jeff Johns, yeah. uh, is now the chief creative director mm-hmm. on both DC right, Comics right, right. and the yeah. films. Yeah. And he's basically taking the Ike Perlman. Is that the Marvel guy? Uh, I forget who was running it for a while. No, I mean, Kevin no, no, he Kevin was Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah. He's basically became the Kevin Feige, right? And right. has final say on. And this is content. his right. first time being in the role from the start right. of production. Yeah. So you know, I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll be like you said for for Rogue One. I'll be cautiously optimistic. I just. Yeah. yeah, I've been hurt before. I've been hurt before. Yeah. Been hurt before. <laughs> so, I mean, I will say this: like, I love some bruises. There, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed Man of Steel. I know I'm in a minority mm. on that. Um... BBS, I thought 
there was a lot that was good there, and there was a lot that was not that great. Yeah. yeah. Suicide Squad, I thought, was a really great, fun movie. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the yeah. imagination, but I still walked fun. away from it feeling like they are on an uphill climb right mm-hmm. now, and they found their footing. It's and... a baby step up. Yeah, right. it's a baby I mean, step. They're, they're moving up. This I is guess... kind of an ambitious one, but I think, uh, I think if they do it right... They will knock this one out of the park. Yeah. Well, I think they I also really know. They do. <laughs> I think they actually know too. I think Jeff Johns and Patty Jenkins, who took on the role as directing this, knew that they had to get this right. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. really hoping because <laughs> we never heard firm dates about that movie for quite a while. For like years. Well, that that's because it was the original director. Part of the reason she she left was because she wanted a talking tiger. Tiger. What? And they said, that's, that's not that, our character. Th- th- that was the creative clash that everybody was worried about. I'm like, oh, no, no, kick her to the curb. Yeah. Well, it was Talking like... Um, tigers might be a little bit too much. Well, I don't uh, recall that in Themyscira or in The World of Men, but... Uh, well, it was uh, like recent director uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who was attached to The Flash. Yeah. He, he wanted a dark, gritty Flash, and <laughs> he got kicked to the curb. Yeah. What? Jeff Johns went, no, I'm sorry, Flash isn't dark and gritty. Get no. out. It's like, if you want to do a dark, gritty movie, go work on Batman. Yeah. You know. Um, go talk to Arrow, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very excited for this, too. Um, the next one we're going to get to real quick, because we do kind of have to move along here, is uh, the Cars 3 trailer, which was just a teaser, Mike. <laughs> I have some feels about uh, but, this. But this, this is going to actually spin into our next conversation. So after we get our thoughts into this, I'm just going to jump right in and kind of move us right, right in that direction. Right off the bat... I'm going to talk to the parent here first. <laughs> <laughs> the, the parent par- of the child whose son has been a, a completely enamored with Lightning McQueen since he could walk. He was carrying Chao or Kachao and Mater around with him. Um, yeah, you were right to tell me don't let Jude watch this trailer because, yeah, that was uh, that's kind of gut wrenching. And they could go one of two ways with this. When they say every from this moment on everything changes, that could mean a lot of things. That and- could mean that you know maybe he was quote-unquote, totaled, and he needs to rebuild from the ground up and, you know, find out how to race again and find his win, his muse, and find his wheels. It could also mean a couple other things. So I, I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because <laughs> Pixar, <laughs> Pixar <laughs> is amazing, and I, I love Pixar you have films. I have yeah. a lot of emotions when it comes to Pixar films. My very first date with my husband was to go see Toy Story, so you can oh, imagine from there. Uh, I'm afraid that my heart's going to get ripped out. Um, to give a little context for this if you haven't seen the teaser for this yet it is a race happening and you do see Lightning McQueen wreck in a what what potentially looks like a very brutal way he's Um, missing a tire I don't know if you guys noticed a tire his his spoiler gets ripped off Um, you see bits and pieces kind of flinging around in the slow motion this isn't isn't a wreck this is like this is what kills drivers wreck yes and then it was just the tagline immediately after that is after this everything changes and then it's just the Cars 3 logo and silence and you're like oh I've never seen a Cars movie and I'm like that's depressing yeah Yeah. I could probably recite both of the Cars movies for you right here and now Um, and I'm kind of like I'm a a little choked up here it's it's a little something it's it's funny I've known I've known your son for years since he was born yeah since he was born and I, I know how attached he, he is to the, to the Cars universe, and I watched it. I watched the uh, 
the trailer, my, fir- my first thought was, I have to text Jada and tell her <laughs> not to let Jude watch this. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's definitely one I'm going to be watching ahead of time before okay. yes. taking him to go well, see. Make sure it's, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Does, does anybody else want to pipe in really quick on Cars 3 before we dive into the, this deeper? Honestly, Pixar knows enough. I don't, obviously, don't think that's the end of Lightning McQueen. Um, they, so they could build this movie up to be really awesome in what they do. Or it could be a major blowout. <laughs> I think you're gonna get stabbed before this show is over. <laughs> I mean, what if they? Man, start? you got wrecked what there. Uh, I'm gonna take the bell away. Okay? <laughs> I don't I think that actually takes now. the buns away. <laughs> what if? What if they? What if they like take his engine out and then put it into like a truck and he becomes like Tow Mater Junior? What I'm thinking they may do is that either he's gonna have to rebuild and learn how to race again, or he is going to become the next Doc Hudson. Hmm. I think he could become like okay. You know, you think about it when they redid Rocky, when they came out with the the next Creed. Rocky movie, yeah. right? Creed, yeah. Right, right. Then Sylvester came, Stallone came back and he was the coach. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, what that maybe the ground that they're going to take with Lightning McQueen and exploring that, like exactly. Like, like he is then going to be. I'm going to be your pit captain, and um, you know, then we're going to teach this new young hotshot how to race and how to turn on dirt. Okay. All right. Well, the reason why we also really wanted to make sure that Cars Three was included into this mix was <laughs> because this brings up all the feels for a lot a lot of us for different reasons. That being specifically the very you know traumatic childhood films that we've <laughs> all been dealt with in one way, shape, and form in our lives. And I figured we'd go around really quick and talk about what that movie was for us and why it kind of crushed us and still kind of haunts us at certain nights. Or even when you watch those movies now. Absolutely. Even as dumb as it may seem now, there's part of you that still gets choked up and you kind of are taken back to that age. You're like, um, who wants to dive in first? I'll start. Okay. E.T. <laughs> creepy, terrifying, creepy as fuck. Yeah, like, so creepy. So the creepiest. I don't yeah. know why they showed Nightmare. me this movie when I was like six. Yeah, and I don't know why I kept watching it like over and over again. I never liked it, but I watched it a lot when I was a kid. What part creeped you out the most? I really don't know. Maybe like the the weird, like the clean environment. Yeah. I was going to say the sterile environment where you had the scientists coming in and he turned all white and like like shriveled. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, no, that was totally weird. Like, and just E.T. as an alien was just. So yeah, creepy. he was creepy. definitely creepy. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would have to go, especially being a child of the 80s. Like, I think I was maybe the same age as Drew Barrymore when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing it when I was really little and being, I, I, like you said, like very creeped out by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I can totally see E.T. Uh, Teach, how about you? What's yours? Um, So I kind of, I kind of have two. One. All right, give us one and then we'll kick back around yeah. for a second. Um, people would like the, the The big one from when I was... From when I was a kid, was the uh, original Transformers movie. <laughs> All right, who else is going to chime in and say also as well on this Me. one? All right, just what we were talking about with Cars Three. So Tony <laughs> and I can attest that that was a soul-crushing moment for me in my childhood. I'm going to say that you know my husband, who is not here with us right now, I know for a fact he cried his eyes out I at that too. movie when I was. And it wasn't died. just prime. It was Ironhide, yeah, Ratchet, like, Hound, oh, like the entire generation, like the entire generation one got killed. Yep. With the exception of like three characters. Yes, yeah. and, and they did it. For the pure reason, and I love the reasoning behind <laughs> yeah, it, because Hasbro said, well, we're going to introduce a new, new toy line, 
and then kill off all the characters that everyone loves. So we get to and they said, "Well, we got to retire the old waves because they always kept a wave on store shelves from the most previous wave of toys." Mm And then introduce the new one, and the old one gets retired. And I'm like, that means we're not going to make more molds. We're not going to put these back into production. So Transformers in the movie said, here's the new toy line. You can't buy these ones anymore. Hence why all of them are dead. Yep. The show that it was, everything built around this movie was, what, three seasons, four seasons of a TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of characters that they had in syndication, nonstop. Everybody watched them. It was we, like, boy, boys day. loved it. I remember watching it and going, oh, you got him. You got Megatron. This is great. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, sorry. Uh, but it was such a. It, I read an interview with the guy who did it, who, mm-hmm. who directed it, and you know put the storyboards together, and he went, "We didn't realize what we had done." Yep. Until, until they started getting letter writing campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yep. that's why when you go and you watch the seasons of Transformers after the movie, after like two seasons, they the bring Brian back. Yeah. In a very quick way. They make yeah. him a zombie at first, and then they just bring him back on the final episode. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. But even the re-releases of the he film... It was a truck that turned into a giant <laughs> robot. Again, willing suspension of disbelief. It's okay. Just a bit. And then, of course, Michael Bay got to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's funny, though, too. Like, every time they've re-released that film since, if you buy it on Blu-ray or DVD, it is the re-release of the film where it says, at the end of the movie, after the credits, don't worry, Optimus Prime will return in The Return of Optimus Prime. Yeah. And you're like, really? Because, like, when we were kids, we watched it and we're like, what the hell happened? Right. <laughs> I saw it right down the, the, the street yeah. from where I'm like, currently living yeah. in this old little shoebox theater that is now a Payless. The yep. <laughs> and the worst, the, the worst part was, like, you know, yeah, everybody got it in the end. You know, all the bad guys got it in the end. But you're sort of sitting there going, at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> you, sit, you sit as a kid, you're sitting there going, hey, it's okay. We got Eric Idle and Robert Stack out of it. Yeah. Uh, and Leonard Nimoy. It may have only oh, been yeah. for a movie. Or some Wells. Wells. You know, hey. His <laughs> final, final appearance in film ever, was Orson Wells. Transformers movie. Yeah, and let me so tell you, awesome. I'm not entirely sure he knew what he was doing. <laughs> no, no, no. In interviews, he's like, I'm, I'm a, some giant planet robot. I <laughs> think. Yeah. He can relate at that point in time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it kind of was a giant planet um, robot at that point. But <laughs> just, to, just to add on to that, that was like, I think, my first movie memory that I saw, like, with my dad. And the death of Optimus Prime, it's not like he just, like, falls over and goes, ugh. He, he literally gives this speech about, like, how he has to pass the mental leadership on to somebody else that doesn't feel like they could ever live up to, like, his standard. And he's like, don't worry. As he's I, straining. As he's straining. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was the same way. I was a soldier once, blah, blah, blah. You'll do fine. And then he passes this Matrix leadership, and it falls. But not only that, like, Optimus Prime, he's a red and blue robot. He turns pitch black and gray, and you're just like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like this like never was, happened before. Like, yeah. you see the lights in his eyes flicker out, yeah. and like, what takes probably like 20 to 30 seconds, and you're like, and everybody around him is crying. Robots are crying. <laughs> it's okay. All the children in the theater oh, were yeah. crying. <laughs> and the human characters that... Robots, robots are, are crying. crying. <laughs> um, and the only human characters we've ever seen in the show are all in tears. So, like, they are going for, like, a Disney-style yeah. gut punch here. Yeah. Yeah. And they succeeded. Yeah. They yeah. really succeeded. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, 
Aside from my dad, Optimus Prime was my second dad. It's just like, you know, see your dad die. It's like, oh, well, well it's This is back bad. in the days of yeah. the morals at the end of every G.I. Joe yeah. and Transformers. Like, it was the more it, you know stuff. Now you're ready of, to deal with when Grandpa passes. <laughs> <laughs> interesting bit of trivia is actually because of the reaction to Optimus Prime dying, they actually changed the G.I. Joe animated movie yeah. where um, the main character in that, whatever his name Duke. is. Duke. 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 He was supposed to die, but they're like, oh, you know what? He just goes into a coma instead. <laughs> yeah. How about it, we don't have him die? Yeah. Just now. Cat, how about you? Um, so again, we had our five tapes, VHS tapes, that we <laughs> traded around in my family. And so there weren't too many. I mean, but the one that um I guess two. One was vaguely traumatic because it was just scary as fuck, and it was the Hansel. That's so we were Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Please <laughs> listen to the last four episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel is mentioned every time. Hansel. If you haven't figured out canon fairy tales, all of them are creepy as shit, and kind of just terrifying. I'm gonna have to look this up. They're amazing. Um, It has... um. It's the Christopher Walken Puss in Boots. Christopher Walken is Puss in Boots. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so you have to see it. It's, that is... Yeah, that <laughs> no, is I don't really need nightmares. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> it's nightmare inducing, yeah. <laughs> So that was traumatizing in that way, and I think the last unicorn was like, I mean, oh, I, dude, I the scene with the harpy, yeah, yeah, the harpy was scary as that shit. was scary as hell. And the then, Red like, Bull. I mean, but Lost Unicorn is one of those movies that it does not have a happy ending. Nope. And like when you're a kid, most of the stuff you watch is all happy ending this, happy ending that, everything's happy. So I mean, that was a pretty big gut punch early on, where things don't get neatly tied up, and I really liked that. Like it, I binge watch that movie all the time. It's like Disney. Yes. Disney starts you at a low point, so it can only go up from here. <laughs> like um, the movie. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. I can totally see. Definitely, Last Unicorn. Like my sister made me watch that all the time as well. Uh, and escaped I, it. And I, it, it was really well done. But it is after watching it as an adult, you're like, holy crap! This is not a happy story ever at any point in time in this entire film. Um, so yeah, I can totally, totally, uh, definitely see why that is super traumatic. Although I don't think it was like traumatic in the sense of like Optimus Prime dying in the sense where it was like a shocking thing. Yeah. It was more just like, hey, oh, this here's, here's your adult life lessons as yeah, a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's at a point where you're life just full of nothing but hope. And yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah, there will be a point in time where you could be the last human. You don't know yet. Yeah. Um, last unicorn. Um, so I would have to say my traumatic childhood movie would have to be, and it's one, it's, it's such a love hate relationship because I love this movie, but there are parts of it that just rip me to my core. And that would be the never ending story. Thank you. Um, never ending story. Uh It's such a beautiful story of like trying to combat the nothing, which growing up in my house, I'll explain. My dad is an actual rocket scientist, astrophysicist who worked for the government doing a lot of, um, we'll say, like, contract work for the military. So growing up during, like, the tail end of the Cold War meant that sometimes you had family discussions about nuclear war. So, um, yeah, that said, the concept of the nothing, just this overarching dark cloud that erased everything from existence still haunts me. Like, that to me is, like, creepy as fuck. Um, Now, of course, that paired with the beautiful white horse Artax mm. dying in the swamps of sadness. sadness. <laughs> um, that and yeah, the like, yeah. okay, you can only pass through the Southern Oracle only, only if you have no fear in your heart. Otherwise, these total like sphinxes with these awesome tits are gonna like shoot you with laser beams <laughs> out of their eyes. I still remember and- <laughs> that like that night laying there and the like the like 
you know, the faceplate of the mask of the, like, just the night blowing tell, completely you off. You know, like, popping open and it's, like, this, like, shriveled And that corpse. weird tiny little knocker dude staring through the telescope looking at, the telescope looking at them, like, oh, is he gonna make it? He's to- he's totally not gonna make it. Atreyu, you, you gotta come see this. He's totally not gonna make it. Oh, look, he got blown up. And you're like, I'm four. I watched that movie for the first time when I was four. And, like, okay, the, you know, the Gamork, the big, big, scary wolf guy, he was kind of scary. But a big wolf guy you can defeat. I think probably the most Anything in Kratos form you can defeat. Right? Um, I think... You just need silver. Um, I think probably the most wrenching moment for me was the moment with the rock the rock crusher or the rock eater. Mm-hmm. Where rock he's eater. talking about trying to fight the nothing. And he's this huge dude made of stone. And like impenetrable. Nothing can hurt him. Nothing. And he's trying desperately to hold on to his friends with his big, strong hands and if you don't weep at that scene you have no fucking heart because him just sitting there saying i held on to them you know his his friend with the racing snail his friend with the bat i held on to them i held on to them for as long as i could my hands they seem so big and strong they look like such big strong hands and he just repeats it over and over again until you're like just just tears streaming down your face and, I mean, as much as I love that movie having a happy ending because, you know, Bastion recreates the world and, you know, his love of imagination and story, just that whole glamour aspect of it just being the rebirth and giving the Empress her new name and all of that kind of reaching out from his sadness and creating this new world and new light. You know, and of course he gets to ride Falcor at the end and, and you know, Yay. chase the bullies down the streets of New York and put them in a dumpster. Every Every kid wants that happy ending. But at the same time, like, there are some really messed up parts of that movie that was still haunting. Wow, actually, after you went through all those moments, it's like, that's the majority of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Most what? of the movie is sad. It's dark and it's, it's sad. March, yeah. yeah, and I watched it in preschool. Oh. At preschool. What? I was four. I was, about, I was about five or six, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. She left out the most horrifying parts, though. Never ending story two. <laughs> and three. We don't talk Whoa, about that. Whoa, what? No, there's a third. I didn't and know that. Story I remember I saw the second one in the theater. I was very sad. That was a but very traumatic. Actually, experience. I never have seen I've never seen But two or by three. the way, before we go any further, I'd like to apologize to the listening audience because you're missing half of the show as Jada just um performs <laughs> as she speaks. <laughs> I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> I've got one that's kind of, like I said, I'll just throw it out real quick and we'll do one real fast round and then we'll we'll move on because we're already an hour in. Uh, <laughs> and we are two topics into this show. So uh, so we will probably cut down the back end a little bit. But um, American Tale. <gasps> oh, oh yes. Don Bluth. With Fievel, like him being separated from his his family, and somewhere that's out there, so that's sad. that song moment. Yeah. It's really hard not to feel weepy. Oh yeah, totally. Except when you think about Community, which I'm sure it's that's true. what Kat <laughs> was thinking. Ooh, that yeah, that's, reminds that's me of another one. one that was really because I forgot about cartoon movies. Once Upon a Forest is like an incredibly it's an amazing movie oh, yeah. but it's really depressing it's like these little um it's hedgehogs all, it's, right it's well, the hedgehog it's like hedgehog and a skunk and like so it's all these little forest creatures and they're it's about like pretty much pollution and how we're ruining earth for these poor little forest creatures so sort of like fern belly yeah okay <laughs> for, but like but this <laughs> one's like <laughs> but this one's like more heartbreaking because it's this little like skunk dying and they're trying to, and it's all these like little kids, like like little kid animals, trying to save their friends. Oh my god, another one, Rats of Nim. Yes, 
Rats of Nim made me terrified of laboratories for like ever. Uh-huh. Was it Secret of Nim or Rats of Nim? Secret, Secret of Nim, sorry. Secret the book was The Rats oh, of Nim. Okay. But yeah. Uh, another animated one, Land Before Time. Are you oh, kidding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, Little another Dumb Blue movie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is, uh, like I said, uh, this is right, right around the time of like American Tale, Land Before Time, and The Great Chipmunk Adventure. Yes. Is when every animator, for the majority of the animators from Disney, quit, which is why those three movies look as good as they, they do. do. Oh, makes yeah. sense. A lot of the writers and animators all quit uh, Disney during that, was when Disney was starting to fall apart and then. Yeah. They came that was back before in a big the Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah, that was sort of like the rebirth of the mm-hmm. Disney animated yep. films. The Disney that she was the Disney princess that saved them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, interesting. So, uh, the my second one is a little bit of a cheat because okay. it came out when I was twenty three, but I've only ever no no but I've only ever been able to watch this movie once. Uh, and and that's Big Fish. That's oh, a really good that movie. That one's so it's, good. It's fantastic movie. Uh, to this but day, I, it's uh, the one I still think that it's it's Tim, yeah. Tim Burton's yeah. best film he's yeah. ever done. I love that movie. And then Absolutely. I saw, uh, a yeah, few years ago, I saw the musical. And the musical was fantastic. And at the yeah. end, and I, you know, it, you know, it's been years. It's been like 13 years since I saw Big Fish. I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine, you know, whatever. I sit through the musical... <laughs> There was a dry eye in the house when that <laughs> when the father passed away. I'm I was sitting with my wife and four seats down. There was a man who was built built like a linebacker on a football team, a professional football team, and his shoulders are shaking. He's crying oh, so much. I can imagine. Okay, that movie just like. I can't, I can't go, like, I thought, I could go back and watch it. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. No, 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 no. I'm just losing my memories and crying in a corner somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, good, good one. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't count because it's well, not yeah, a childhood film, so. Uh, well, I'm still not a girl. So. Are. That's very true. Because <laughs> I think it might have been a childhood film for her. Uh, uh, I think it depends on, uh, you And know, Jada. <laughs> I'm the same age as you. I'm giving you years. Oh, all right. She's just going to stab you. <laughs> Bill, what is your last one? I, it's really just kind of like one traumatic scene from a movie called Warriors of the Wind, which many of you may know as Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Warriors of the Wind was the unauthorized, illegal <laughs> English dub yeah. that cut out a lot of actual plot from the movie but the scariest it's scene anime. it is it was a it was a Miyazaki film it's oh, a okay. movie. Um, okay. oh okay one of the scariest fucking scenes in that movie was when they actually raised the big like lava giant and it wasn't ready yet so it starts to like fall apart and it's like oozing this lava all oh, over shit. the place and it's just like oh god what the hell is that uh-huh. The other one I could also say that would work for that one would be Grave of the Fireflies. No. Oh god! Oh. Which, if you're also an anime fan, if you know that one, your you heart just kind of crushed a little know. bit inside. I would have to say a second one for me, and this is probably only me because I think I'm only the the only person who could have grown up with people in my life this weird. Um, so I remember going to a friend's sleepover party. It was like you know we were like seven, eight years old. And her mom went and picked out a movie for us at the video store, because that's what you did back then in the 80s. That was a thing? It was totally, right? Yeah. Um, so she came back with this movie that she thought was just about rabbits. It was Watership oh, Down. No. Yes. Oh. So we're like, why are they digging tunnels away from me and ripping each other apart? Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, 
that one was kind of traumatizing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to move from sad to sad. Uh, we're going to move one of our big discussions to the next part of the uh, episode. But um, what we're going to touch on really quick before we go into break is just a handful of days ago, uh, Ron Glass passed away. Rest um, in peace, Book. Yes, Shepard Book from Firefly. Uh, he passed away on uh, the 25th of November. Uh, and as Janet has put it, is uh, Shepard Book from Firefly. He's also appeared in, you know, CSI. I know he was actually really well known for being in the old TV show Barney Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a character that appeared every once in a while in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was a voice actor as well. The guy has had a career since 72. Incredibly, incredibly talented right. man. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy was born in 1945 and, uh, like I said, just passed away just again just a few days ago. I figure we can talk really quick because I'm sure for the majority of us here, um, Firefly was a Huge thing for a lot of us. It was mm-hmm. like yes. this. No, except for one of us. Oh, you're shaming. Well, like I said, Tony, you haven't seen Firefly yet. And no. is, there any, is it something you've been meaning to watch or not? Yeah, it was one of those things where, and what happened was, like, I was late to watch because it, it debuted on TV, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I wasn't a really big TV watcher for a while. And one it was of the one many of those, shows canceled by Fox. Yeah, and that's why. And it was one of those things where like, oh, I'll watch it eventually, and then. Somebody spoiled some like major plot points for me, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna not watch this until I forget about those, Fair enough. Okay. and then I'll do it. Yeah. And then I just have it done. I know it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's on my queue. I got to I got to do it. Just yeah. watch it. It's 13 episodes. Yeah, and a movie. Yeah. I mean, Serenity, you can right? kill that. What's yeah. that? You know, Serenity, Serenity is a movie. Yeah. Serenity. Yeah. I don't even need to watch the movie because because no. all the <laughs> sad things exist. happen in 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 that yeah. movie. <laughs> I just that movie doesn't exist for me. I kind of love the movie. I like certain things about it, but because of certain things, no, I hear it. There there are definitely some aspects of it that I'm like. Uh-huh. Um, How does a reaver clean their spirit? Stop it! Uh, <laughs> too soon. That's not even worthy of a fucking pun. Though. <laughs> That's where to take the bell and bang it on your face. Um, I don't know. I, I think Shepard Book was always kind of like he was like the dark horse of that cast, even more so than River, who was meant to be the dark horse. Because yeah. with Shepard Book, you loved him because he was. He was kind of the calm behind the storm. Like, you had some of the characters who are, you know, loud and boisterous. You have mm-hmm. the characters who are ready to kick some ass. And the ones who are like, you know, they talk a good game and all that. And then you have Shepard Book. And he proves that you can be rebellious through faith. You can fight a war without fighting. You can do all of this and still have faith that humans can be good. And he was sort of that underlying, like, good, just good part of the story arc there that for me I really wish they would have in addition to that as that was the primary way that we saw him mm-hmm. when things got terrifyingly real and everybody had a little bit of fear behind their eyes books like I got this he was the touchstone and you're like what yeah. is yes. going on because yes. the moments that you see those things happen you're like we never got his backstory. I really want that. His I know that to me. Yeah. Like there was the one episode, and I think it's the the big damn heroes episode where mm-hmm. he gets shot when yes. they're trying to sell the cattle. Yep, yep. Um, and you go, you kind of they they touch into that aspect of I I, I want to know what the hell he did before he became a preacher, mm-hmm. um, because because he has the instant access, right? The... How how does a preacher get all this health code access from the alliance, which they don't give a shit about you, and they don't mm-hmm. give a shit about this ship who's flying under the radar of so many laws. Um, but yet we pulled up at one of their stations when you were near death and they fixed you. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell have you done? I, I, there are so many speculations on that. And I'm sure that there is a lot of, you know, fanfic and comics and all that out there. <laughs> and I believe you're going to touch on that next bill. Uh, yeah, he, 
from the the past that we know, he was really dark, and when, especially like when he takes up guns. I can't remember what episode that was. Uh, it's when they tried to rescue Mel and from uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're like, you know, and and somebody questions him. He's like, Do you know yeah. how to use this thing? Yeah. The no power in the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible's a bit fuzzier on you know the books are a bit fuzzier on the the, the subject of kneecaps. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but one the one thing I uh, unfortunately, even though it was probably never on the table in actuality of bringing back Firefly, this really kind of killed it. Like, yeah. there's no way unless... Not if they're following Serenity. That's Not if true. they're following... Ser- well, I mean, if they're following... If they're following chronological... Sorry, buddy. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I understand. It's a really old series, and I'm sorry you're yeah. getting spoiled. No, 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 it's okay. If they're following chronologically after Serenity, then yeah, it's possible. But people didn't want to see... People don't want to see that. They want to see Wash it's again. True. They yeah, definitely wanted to see Shepard book again. That's why, honestly, I think we just don't. I, I pretend Serenity doesn't exist. But I think ultimately, though, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to see. And I think a lot of people have said it. I don't think I would ever want to see it back for any reason, just because it's the whole idea. As much as they might be able to try to give us more, I don't it's think never going to match gonna what, what it's going to be. It was. It was like it was lightning in a bottle. Was, and if they tried yeah. to catch it again. I don't know that it would do it justice. It'd be like Arrested Development so. season four. Oh. It's true. It's good, but it's not what it was. It's exactly. what you wanted. It's, it's yeah. iconic at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like I said, we've watched those 13 episodes so many so times that we know them inside and out. Like, okay. But every time you watch it, it's still what just as good. Big, Big damn, damn heroes. heroes. Actually, they, they, they do continue it in a comic, comic series. Form. They do. Um, and it's written by... Uh, uh, Josh Whedon's brother. How is the comic? Yeah. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, nice. I actually think I missed the latest one. I had to go back and find but it. But I mean, like, yeah. Wash is there. No, no. Well, no. You, he's been around in a couple of them as an AI. Uh, uh, no, he's seen, or no, it was hologram. There was hologram. No, there were flashbacks. Flashbacks. Oh, was it? I think yeah, it was. was. All, yeah, no, he's been dead. They had the kid. Um, River's now, uh, funny enough, River's helping her raise the kid. I thought I did see something. Oh, no, hey, there was a side what? story. If my kids could, like, kick ass and, like, destroy zombies, I'd be okay with that. She'd make an awesome uh, she's, she, uh, Since Serenity, she's stabilized. She's now helps pilots yeah. the Serenity. Um, but it's... Uh, I always liked her a little bit crazy, though. <laughs> oh, no, she's still, still a little bit crazy. She's still a little bit crazy, but she's still a little bit crazy. Like, she he still sees, sees flashes and whatnot, but she's stable. Well, yeah, because at some point she's done what she was supposed to do. Right. And that's, that, especially mm-hmm. after that point, that maybe that was a stabilizing factor. I don't know. I haven't read any of yeah. the comics. But um, I actually got to meet Ron Glass one time. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a signing at Gen Con between the show going off the air and the movie coming out. Uh, and I'd love to say that I was eloquent and uh, had a great in-depth conversation with him, but I was a blithering moron. <laughs> and he was the nice guy on the face of the planet because I was a blithering moron. You probably weren't the only one. Yeah. I'm just going to lay that out there for some security for you. I'm pretty sure that other people were also yes. blithering idiots. Uh, um, but he, he signed a picture, and uh, I still have that. Uh, but he was a very nice man, and he was... Because you get a lot of those guys who are who are on these circuits who are just there because they're making a buck. Mm-hmm. Adam Baldwin. <coughs> um, but he was a really nice guy, and he didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks a lot for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Anybody else, real quick? Any last things on that? No? All right. Well, I think with that, we're going to take our quick break. And when we come back, we will be diving into a little bit of a discussion that kind of touches upon a little bit of uh, Rogue One, Fantastic Beasts, kind of breaking down the idea of prequels and if they can ever really kind of be immersive things. And then uh, one of the things that I really wanted to touch on this week, too, was uh, a time that something was really difficult for us in our lives, that something geeky has gotten us through. And then uh, a new style closer for us that we haven't done yet. So we'll be back in just a few. things we didn't get a chance to go into in the first half that we thought we would, uh, we'll do now. So, um, because we were talking about Fantastic Beasts and Rogue One, one of the things I was thinking of a little bit was uh, prequels. And we talked a little bit about prequels in the past, but not quite on this level. Um, specifically, the idea of, can prequels ever really be immersive experiences for the audience? Uh, and uh, especially more so specifically when you have knowledge of what is to come. Uh, so when we're looking at certain characters, we know we're seeing their past and all this. So um, Kat already looks like she is very well ready to answer this question. So funny enough, I actually gave this a lot of thought back when I was saying what didn't work for me with uh, Star Wars 1 through 3, um, actually. So the biggest problem I had with it is um, with prequels, as long as you are doing it through a new character. So Rogue One, I'm all, I'm all for. Fantastic Beasts, I'm all for. If they had done a prequel where it was like, you know, just where Dumbledore was the lead, I think I would have had, like, it would have been a little trickier because, like, you know, that There's was the problem. a lot problem. of preconceived notions. Yes. And when you already know a character arc and you have that main character, as, like, in Star Wars, mm-hmm. I mean... You're following, you know what happens to him. So there's, but if you had done it from like Ahsoka, maybe, or like, do you know what I mean? If she had been the main, like, you would have had, I think those, that would have been a whole different thing. Real quick, because you said if Dumbledore was the lead, hate to burst the bubble on this, He's but. He's going to be a. But no, they said he will the be the lead okay. in the following. That Newt will still be there. But Dumbledore is going to take lead role. But he also, to be fair, there were there's a lot more mystique about him, and a lot we don't know. Um, I would have to. I'm going to piggyback on what you're talking about with episodes one through three, because as much as they are the story of Anakin, to me, they are more the story of Obi Wan. And Obi Wan, again, there's so much mystique surrounding him in, especially episode four, Mm -hmm. and he really only appears and as an apparition in the in episodes. Four, five, and six. After that, after he's killed by Darth Vader, but and again, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, spoilers here but, is a dirty word. Yeah, you don't need to say it ever. I know. Um, so, but again, to me, they're really this, the tragic story of Obi Wan because it's sort of the story of how he has progressed and he takes on this huge responsibility of training the change, uh, training the chosen one. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and how he kind of comes full circle, and then you know. You just see his heartbreak when they're fighting, and yeah. it, to me, that that is really the story of him. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of what you said too. In that <laughs> it's interesting when you think about it from that perspective, um, just because 
the episode one begins, you know, ends with him losing his mentor, and then yeah. in episode three, it ends with him losing his apprentice. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like he's the tragic uh, hero of those of those to me. Um, yeah, go ahead, true. and then I have a quick point yeah. to just add. Real the fast. biggest problem is, and I'm, I know I'm in the minority here, minority here, but Fantastic Beasts was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> That wasn't a pun. Um, Still. But can anybody really name a good prequel? I actually liked Fantastic Beasts. I liked episodes one through three. Well, no, no, I mean, but there were definite flaws there, and they definitely could have been. They tried to layer too much. Yeah. Um, They tried to do a little too much, and I think if they had kept the storyline a little bit more pure and. Maybe not let George Lucas write the dialogue. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you look at it, you and it's like most of the people here liked Fantastic Beasts. I, I think there were definite problems with it. It was enjoyable, but it and the, the prequels were the same way. But can anybody here name a successful prequel? Um, I don't know if you can call it successful. I will say one that I was actually a lot more impressive than most people give credit to because it definitely requires a second viewing. Prometheus. So can um, anyone hear name a good prequel? I, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then I have to throw oh, things out. Uh, that's not no, the I'm worst really in that series, too. but it is a prequel to Raiders. I yeah. actually can't think of a... I'm See, trying, that's I'm, the, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up prequels because I'm having a hard time visualizing prequels, them. prequels, yeah. Cause, I'm the yeah, same way. It's... They're not necessarily as memorable as the original. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think Prometheus. Like I said, it's actually a lot better than people give it credit for. I will. I do stand by that statement. But um, does it hold up to what Alien or Aliens was? No, not at all. Um, Does it do something interesting for that universe when they decide to explore it more? Most definitely. I think it really does. Um, But yeah, I think it's a tricky. Thing I've do. read successful prequels. Yes, okay. books can do prequels successfully. Okay. I don't think I've seen them as much in movies. Because it's I mean, even look at the uh, look at the Hobbit. But the Hobbit was written before Lord of the Rings, though. Well, no, no, but uh, but the movies came out after, and they would be considered prequels. Actually, look at um, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh yeah. The um, I think it was like the way they were written because the line the witch in the wardrobe was the first. Well, I was book. just I was just using movies. I know I was. Going yeah. to, but there are movies. But they, too. But they haven't come. Yeah, they haven't ones. come out with pre, the the prequel movies yet. Which was what? Point, that was a silver like, chair, right? Yeah. But, but what you were saying off of with books, yeah. like books, are the only place I've seen that where prequels actually have done. And have added the something to the actually, story. Yeah, and have really developed the, it. The problem is a lot of the times you start like Fantastic Beasts was good, but. Now with Dumbledore taking over as the main character going forward, well, why the hell did I need to? Why did I need a movie introducing me to a character that's going to be a secondary character? Especially when the two, there was a B plot line that I found far more interesting than the A plot line. Well, and the other problem too is going to be with Dumbledore because he's such an iconic character of what he was in Harry Potter. If... It does, he has so much to live up to that if it does not meet that expectation, it's going to be very easy to trip up there. Real quick, just Jada, so you know we are not spoiling Fantastic Beasts for you at all. We I made sure you. everybody <laughs> has not okay. said anything. 
Um, it is. This series is going to go through multiple main characters. <laughs> that get, does not do anything, nor spoils character appearances, anything. I love and respect each of you. I know that you're not spoiling <laughs> so, And then going to, going to Star Wars, the best part of Star Wars was uh, Ian McGregor. Ewan. Ewan McGregor, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, he's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, he was the best part of that series, and he did a fantastic job acting with what he had. <laughs> Okay, but good God, <laughs> I can't imagine how George Lucas ever married because apparently he thinks that's what romance is from those movies. Jay, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> he also has a lot of money. Yeah. That's true. Well, and I will say this, and I'll I'll piggyback again back to the Star Wars conversation, um, and especially going off of you know Obi Wan uh, being the hero of that story, which I do think is true, and it is his tale. And one of the things that actually happened today, uh, where Lucasfilm, Ka- uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out and said, a lot of people are now looking at us with Rogue One because we're telling stories that are taking place before major events. Um, and everybody is asking us, where is the Obi-Wan film? And they said, please, oh, please, oh, and they please. said, we're not going to announce anything yet, but we can say this. His story is not over yet. Yeah. And they did say that specifically, and everybody's wondering... Because we did hear Obi-Wan in episode 7. We hear him for mm-hmm. a single line. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And they said that is not the last we'll hear from him. Yeah. And, and everybody is still wondering thing. what is going to be done still at this <laughs> point. And they and they said, hey, that's not spoiling anything. But we will see more of this character in the universe still. So I'm super psyched for that. Um, the one thing I want to say, even though it's not direct correlation, because it's more about um, the animated series, just to talk about Star Wars, because it's the most prominent uh, prequels. It was interesting, because I just recently went through... Um, Rebels and um, the Clone Wars animated mm-hmm. series. It's interesting because that series made me appreciate the Anakin Skywalker character a lot yes. more than, yeah. than the, the movies did. I would definitely say the Clone Wars gives him so much depth. Yeah, I, I and love you get him to as a see him Also, you get to see him developed as Jedi Knight in and of his own right, and then also as a mentor to Ahsoka right. Tano. Um, and just see how he develops her, exactly. and that whole you know that whole relationship, I, indeed. And it, uh, yeah, I did, definitely. I loved it. I, I liked that series a lot more um, than I thought I would. But conversely, on the same flip side, but to a lesser degree, I actually think that the animated series made me like Yoda less as a character because I was like constantly kind of like a, I think a double door thing. I was constantly judging him, being like, okay. "Really, Yoda? Really? <laughs> like that's the kind of decision you're going to make right here? Really? Really? They, they, yeah, but you could have said that about any character. They kind of turned movie. to him a little oh, bit in that." Uh, in the animated series is sort of like a deus ex machina kind of thing yeah. of like okay now Yoda can just kind of give you that one <laughs> little clue you so desperately needed um, not only that but just the way he like without the S word I know is you don't like but like yeah. with, with what happened to Ahsoka near the end of the series broke my heart literally broke right. my heart I was like you guys really are gonna do that yeah. to her like I lost respect for each one of those characters that day. I was like, you know what? I'm glad Order 66 happened. Dude, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, son. Throwing down. But so, she's amazing in Rebels, though. You yes, she is. Oh, God. So if we come back to the, the actual topic of can prequels be truly immersive? <laughs> Thank not, you, not, not can Star Wars prequels be truly immersive? Um, looking at a whole kind of list of prequels jogged my memory. And for the... I did cheat. I but it's okay. Cheat. That's why I give everybody this at the beginning of the day. You have time to look at things if you want. It was the, the Hannibal series. Silence of the Lambs, you know, the first movie released. 
was really kind of the middle of the series of movies that they had released. Hannibal was after that, which was a sequel, and I still actually haven't seen that one yet. But then they also then they released Red Dragon, which is the prequel and shows you how Hannibal came to be, and it was very it was definitely very immersive, probably. Uh, the second best movie of the series, probably, you know, nothing's going to stand up to Silence of the Lambs, but you needed to see Silence of the Lambs before Red Dragon to really understand a little bit more about Handel's character, so you're not completely left in the dark. Mm-hmm. But the movie itself lends it to, to seeing exactly where he's going and what he's doing and what's happening in his mind, you know, to be that experience. Uh, Bill actually reminded me, I did write this as, can they be immersive? Um, that doesn't mean successful. Yeah. Um, so bear in mind, anybody saying stuff like, you know, uh, Fantastic Beasts, is it immersive? Yes. I yeah. think that's a truly immersive story. It's, we said Star Wars a thousand times already. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I do think that episodes one and th- through three are immersive. May not be for every character, but the story still does immerse you. Um, same with the animated series like, you know, Clone Wars and, you know, Rebels, definitely. So I think, yeah, as long as the story is told, or at least that is piquing your interest, um, it can be exciting, because you're still wondering, how did we get from here to here? If you're still locked into that storyline at any point in this, it is succeeding. We'll let Bill dive back in real quick. It's my whole theory about spoilers, and me, and how I take spoilers. I know exactly everything that happens in The Walking Dead, like this season, like the big reveals, and who gets killed in The Walking Dead... And I'm still like two or three seasons behind. I don't care that I know about that because when I go back to watch it, it's all about the journey of how you get there. Like, that's what stories are to me. It's, okay, maybe I know the big reveal, but how did we get there? And what kind of things almost can I look for instead of having to go back and watch it a second or third time? You know, I already know what's going on, so I can look for those things, look for those little hints and clues that they leave you. Mm Mm-hmm. Teach? Godfather 2. Yes. Oh, that yeah. was one that came to my mind, too. There's another one that we haven't brought up at this table. Batman Begins. Nah, that wasn't a prequel. That was a reboot. Yeah. No, it's still a prequel, though. It's, no, how, it it's the missing years of Bruce Wayne's life. And yeah, we know but, he's oh. Batman. Everybody knows he's Batman, but we're seeing him train for the first time. Yeah, you never really, they never really touched yeah, into it. Yeah, but it's still... It's, with, like, the Ra's al Ghul and going... But it, it, prequel is... Gotham, the entire TV show. That is technically, yes... And you may not enjoy uh, the show. Again, I go back to anybody name a good prequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've watched everything so far, and yeah. it's actually been really it's good. This fun. season's had missteps, but every season of yeah. every show has no, a misstep. I mean, but, um, the villains are awesome. Yeah, but I don't look I at don't, Batman Begins as a prequel. Batman Begins is dark. the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. sorry. I, I don't look at Batman Begins as a prequel. I look at Batman Begins as a reboot because they're starting fresh. Okay, yeah, it, it showed flashbacks to when he was becoming Batman, mm-hmm. but it was really just the story. You know, this is, you ignore everything that's come before, this is the story. Um, and even Gotham... I could have gotten away with that with anybody else, but if you're yeah. at the table, I'm kind of... <laughs> yeah. people are gonna, you're going to nitpick that one, I know that yeah. one. But even Gotham is, a, um, is kind of a reboot, because they introduce characters... I, uh, concepts and ideas that can't really be like Riddler's what in his twenty in his uh, like what twenty five to thirty 
which yeah, means by the time Bruce Wayne grows, 20s, I think. Yeah. grows up and uh, grows up enough to actually be punching him in the face, he's going to be somewhere between thirty-five and forty-five. Let's be honest here. This becomes less about hey, I'm stopping a bad guy, and more I'm beating up an el- a guy t- twice my age. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, but a guy twice but your age who's had time to become a master supervillain, though. So yeah. I mean, but that. and would you? Would, never a would you? Threat. Would you view <laughs> half of the people at this table almost elderly? Because that's what you're saying. A Batman that's yes, twenty I am or twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> I should be getting a senior the way I feel, I should be getting a senior citizen's discount. <laughs> I have one of my, you know, like my uh, one of my in laws is a. Is training boxers and could probably take down most people I know. Do I believe that he could go up against somebody like Batman? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, and he is fair, 40? but at the, but at the same time, they're in, like they've. Oh, go ahead. But it is a prequel to Batman because Batman is not, not a Batman hero yet. yet. He is not Batman. And true, you, it's and so a, it it's a prequel, prequel to a, a concept, but it's yes, also a it's reboot a of a concept. Con- it's, but it's a still reboot of the idea. Every, every Batman movie. And incarnation is that unless it's part of the comic timeline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Dark Knight and all those were same thing. It's an elseworldy type of Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like I think they can be immersive, but it helps if they're good. Seriously. Because think about it. Your involvement in the Godfather 2 probably far outweighs your involvement in, say, the Star Wars prequels. Because it was so good, it drew you in further. Okay? This or is sharp. Hobbit. You can hit him with that. <laughs> or The Hobbit. Okay? Or The Hobbit I loved movies. the book of The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. I so did not I. think it needed to be two movies long. Three movies. Three, three movies. movies. Like, three movie was that. horrible. It was extraneous. Like, two movies, sure. but You can get through that. You could have... That is... That's a, a one-shot. You could have made that in a one-two-hour movie. And the There's first no movie was through. great. By two and three, I'm like, well, most you know, of the second one was really good, and then I'm like, oh my god, why are we in the, 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 the second was... hour of this already? Yeah, why are we watching the Silmarillion again? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'd be fine with watching the Silmarillion as long as I went in knowing that I was going to watch it. I the snap fight in the second Hobbit movie was like Five fifty minutes hours. long. That could have been twenty minutes and would have been epic. Yeah. The greatest calamity of our time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's if the if the prequel is good, yeah. I believe it'll be more immersive. Yeah. yeah, you can get into it, you can enjoy it. But the difference between the Godfather two and say, you know, Batman begins is light years. <laughs> That's fair. What I would say is I although I think prequels can be done well. I think they're held to a higher standard because they have a lot to live up to. And Mm -hmm. there's expectations. I think we mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, And personally, I would always just rather see, you know, sequels um, because... Even if they're not good, you can kind of ignore them. Like Mm -hmm. Matrix 2 and 3. Yeah. 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 You know what? Animatrix. That was awesome. And that was... was, The final flight of the Osiris start and ending. And actually, even the history of that world that they do. Like, where they do that animated take back. Where it was like, this is everything that came before. And watching that, like, I still occasionally will watch that just to watch the final flight of the Osiris bits. And honestly, the precursor of that world. Just those sequences. And I'm like, this was phenomenal. And if that's all that was that whole thing was, put a lot every second of it. That's all it needed to be. Perfect. (laughs) Um, all right, I think with that, we're going to just move into the next topic because 
I think the whole reason we bring this up is we're thinking of Fantastic Beasts and Rogue One. <laughs> and does this shake anybody's confidence about continuing to see any of these films? I don't think so, except no, for maybe TJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, one of the big things I really wanted to get into. Um, now, you had a thought process J- being Jada as what diverse diverse cast or or the, as far as ethnic leads? Um, actually, both. They're but both I would have to say the most mind. diverse cast really kind of captured me when you start when you kind of tagged that as one of the uh, talking points for this evening. Okay. Um, I honestly feel that. Probably the most diverse and influential cast in almost all of sci-fi history would have to be the original cast of Star Trek. Because, yes, you have... Okay, yeah, you do have a lot of cis white males as the seats of power with Captain Kirk and uh, Dr. McCoy and, of course, Scotty being, you know, the engineer, the medical officer, and the captain of the ship. But if you look at the bridge crew, they were taking a lot of really big steps for the given the time period and the political Mm -hmm. climate... I mean, the show was produced in the 1960s. So you have, you know, a huge, you know, the Red Scare is still huge. The Cold War is going on, and that's like Mm -hmm. an epic. You also have the Civil Rights Movement going on, which is, you know, a a huge movement for people of color, gaining their freedoms, and also for women. And here you have this show that's sort of this brainchild coming from Gene Roddenberry, who's just this visionary at this point. Because you had some sci-fi, you had, you know, Flash Gordon, and you had the Twilight Zone, but then you have Star Trek. And he kind of took that concept of now we're all going to be cool and we're all going to live together. And not only that, but everybody on Earth is just going to get along. And (laughs) we are going to create this society. And now we're going to go exploring together. So then you have this bridge crew. So, yeah, you have your, you have your, you know, generic white guy in charge. But then you have this bridge crew where you have your communications officer who's a black woman, Nichelle Nichols. I mean, could she be any cooler? She's in charge of talking to everybody in outer space ever. (laughs) And she's incredibly knowledgeable. And she's incredibly poised. Um, she also kind of shows how powerful women can be even when they are kind of in a backseat role. Then you also have, you have um, Mr. Sulu, who is an Asian American, played by, of course, George Takei. And in that, of course, right now in that, in that point politically, you're not too far from, too far removed from World War II. They're about, what, 20 years out maybe? Mm-hmm. Where there was Japanese internment camps in America And Japan itself was seen as a huge threat to America. You also have uh, Chinese communism, which is a huge threat to America, and America becoming entrenched in the war in Vietnam. So Asian Americans were not seen in a great light. And here's Mr. Sulu. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, because you brought up Michelle Nichols, though, too, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be kind of fun. There was something I heard recently, which I thought was an amazing story when they were looking back at Star Trek. Sure. Uh, And it was Michelle Nichols when she was offered the job, actually wanted to turn it down. And actually, uh, Dr. King spoke to her and says, you need to take this role. Right. Because for one, you're proving that a woman could be on a starship, but not just that black women could yes. be on starships. Yes. Yep. So that was the reason, that was the reason why she chose to do the job, which I think so was glad. a really awesome. Yeah. Also, that show showcased the very first interracial kiss televised. That's mm-hmm. true. That's it. Um, that's actually, so this is a huge, huge thing on the publishing front right now, um, which is getting, uh, diverse casts into books. And I mean, because the, the reality is like, I, what I grew up reading sci-fi fantasy for the most part, and there were some female leads, but not like the majority was pretty much just your average white male and, um, romance too. Um, again, it's, 
usually white couples, this, that, and third, or like mm-hmm. heterosexual white couples. Right. You know? And um, a lot of the, on a, on a really good note, um, a lot of the submission calls you see from publishers now, a lot of the, maybe not some of the big, big publishers, there's, it still takes a while. Yeah to get to them, but, like, most of the publishers I work with, at least, are all doing submission calls for, they want the diversity. Good. They want the inclusion of everyone, and it's really great, but it was kind of funny, because until I read books like that, mm-hmm. I didn't realize It didn't even dawn on how... what you were missing. Yeah. 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 Because uh, Nalini Singh writes um, the Psy Changeling series, it's a paranormal Ooh. romance book, and, I mean, it's got... Every different race imaginable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's everything. I mean, it inc- it's just very inclusive. Like, you know, I think it's like 13 books, and, like, you go through the gamut. And I didn't, like, it, it, it like, dinged in my head, and I'm like, oh, why isn't this in, like, you know, you don't realize how much you just got kind of used to seeing the same thing over and over right. again. And, of course, I mean, if you're a kid growing up either reading these books or... Maybe, maybe you decide not to read those books because nobody in them, nobody on the cover looks mm-hmm. like you. Well, and I mean, like, it changed me as a writer, too, because, like, I didn't realize I was writing that. And mm-hmm. I was just writing the same thing. So, like, you know, I've been switching over and really trying to branch out and diversify with mine, too. It's interesting you bring up Star Trek. And the, original, <laughs> the original series was fantastic for diversity. Mm-hmm. They took a step back in Next Generation, though. Because you had Captain Picard, white male. Uh, Riker, white male. You had, you know, Deanna Troy, white female. I mean, yes, okay, there's females on the bridge now. Uh, Dr. Crusher, white female. You know, who else besides for Worf? Really, Jordy. Jordy. Worf and Jordy, that was the only diversity in that cast. Well, in in theory, they also had Tasha Yar. They did. But she... Left but also again, pers- also again, white female. Yeah. Uh, data. Data. <laughs> yellowing android. Uh, but then, you know, what's really cool is they turned it around and DS9 was such a, you know, just explosive cast with that because you had, you know, Commander, Cisco. Captain, Cisco. Um, then you had uh, even Dr. Oh, God, what was his name? Dr. Bashir. Bashir. Dr. Bashir. He was a white guy, though. No, he was, he was uh, more Middle was, Eastern. Yeah, I think he was uh, Iranian. He in, in, in descent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what else? Who else in that cast? I mean, besides for uh, I mean, but again, strong like you know, Captain Cisco was strong black male lead. And then Major Kira Norris, strong white female lead, both in the same. So wait same a minute. Thing. So why are you okay with Kira Norris being a strong white female as a seat of power, but you're not okay with the medical officer and oh, the I'm ship's fi- counselor being I'm white females? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But they still they they kind of took away like the ethnic diversity uh, from slightly. the original. Uh, they did have they had a lot more supporting cast though that they was did. that were people of color and different That's ethnicities. True. So while I see where you're going with that, and I, I kind of agree that yeah, they maybe did take a slight step back. Um, you have to admit, though, the original cast and the original show really laid the groundwork for right. a lot of not only that universe, but fandom in general. That's true. That's definitely And then true. again, you go to Voyager, female captain. Yeah. Straight oh, up. yeah. Captain yeah. Janeway. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a step away from Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> please say the one I think you're going to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I don't think I'm going to say the one I think you're going to say. Because uh, I'm going to go to comic books. Okay. Um, and right now there's there's a big push to get uh, ethnically diverse 
heroes, ethnically diverse kids. And I'm going to call out two that um, one is sort of fl- floundering right now, but that's because of a stupid crossover. But um, <laughs> there are two books, one by DC, one by Marvel. Uh, DC's publishing Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Oh my they- god, that's fantastic. The leads of Green Lanterns, it's not Hal Jordan, it's not Jon Stewart. Um, it's Simon Baz, uh, a Medi- uh, Iranian Muslim nice. in the United States, and uh, Jessica Cruz, the first female Green Lantern. Nice. Um, awesome. the, they are the leads uh, of the book. Well, first le- female lead. I mean, there are... Well, the first uh, f- uh, human, human, human. Because uh, <laughs> okay. I'm like, I was like, there's Arcia, there's. I was like, yeah, okay, they're, I they're go alien females, but you know, these are the first, and they're the leads. That's awesome. They, they're not. Oh, hey, we're Hal Jordan's backup. Hal Jordan appeared in the book for seven panels, and then went, yeah, and I'm out. So, yeah. Muslim American, and a, and uh, I believe Jessica Cruz is is just all white, uh, white shotten. <laughs> I thought Jessica Cruz was Dominican. No, okay. uh, no, she's a. She's a white woman who has um, uh, agoraphobia. She's oh, afraid of leaving Outside. her house. Oh, uh, so, and one of the big things with being a Green Lantern is you overcome great fear. Mm-hmm. So every time she puts on the ring and goes out, she's yeah. overcoming that fear. That's awesome. Because um, that's always the rule: is you have when the ring comes to you in the Green Lantern Corps, you have the ability to overcome great fear. Right. Um, and then the other on the Marvel side, uh, there's Miles Morales, the uh, uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, who is a Hispanic. Uh, he's black ha- he's a half black, half uh, Hispanic. Yeah, and uh, that book uh, has been amazingly well done until the last four or five issues, but that's no. because of Civil War. Uh, <laughs> Comic crossovers destroy all. Yeah, yeah. sorry, um, but yeah. both of them are are great. Um, I don't, you know, I read a lot of comics. Miss Marvel on Marvel too. Yeah, Miss Marvel's fantastic. If you have a chance to read that, you definitely should. But uh, those are the books that, that I look at and go, that's what, one of the problems I have a lot of the times in a lot of genres is they go, oh, here are the, here are the female Avengers. Or here's the yeah. female uh, Justice League. Just include them in. Yeah. And just, just and that's the thing. It's not... Yeah. It's not that they... <laughs> putting them aside just makes them separate. Mm-hmm. Having putting them, them be inclusive. Uh, yeah, like right. they had A-Force, the female Avengers, and I'm like, no, that's the Avengers that Jonathan Hickman didn't want to work with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, like, half of that cast deserves to be on the Avengers. Avengers. Okay, and... Mm-hmm. We're not the JV squad, thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's one of the things that, like, the, you know, now Simon Baz and just Cruz are on the Justice League. That's awesome. They're standing shoulder to shoulder with Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. I mean, like, they are equal. In Justice League, the Justice League of America, they're getting ready to put Vixen back on the team again. Right. Thankfully. Nice. Uh, Black Canary. Um, you know, Ray Choi, uh, Ryan Choi, uh, the Atom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is coming on. Asian American Adam, yeah. you know, like and they're they're mixing it up again, which is yeah, nice to see. Exactly. And it's standing with them is what's going to make them equal. Chrono has a penguin. Uh, and if you hear meowing in the background, <laughs> our cat is talking to her stuffed penguin. So <laughs> it's too cute to break ever. up, so if it happens, I'm sorry guys, you're gonna have to deal with it there for will this be episode. Meowing. They're just for once it's not coming there, from there will cat. be meows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, I'm not going to dispute uh, the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man because I've dipped out of comic books uh, in the past like decade or so. I will say that one thing that really struck out to me when I was a kid growing up um, with a diverse cast was actually um, X-Men. Whether it was the animated yes, series or even like the Jim so Lee true. run, like just because like even even before then, like uh, when they relaunched uh, was a giant size X Men, you had you know you had Storm, African American female, you had um, you know Logan Wolverine, who's you know Canadian, you had um, Colossus, you know Russian, uh, you know male and stuff like that. And it was just it was interesting because you got to see so many different perspectives because the X Men as a whole were kind of always uh, the whole underlying theme was like. You know, these people are being judged for who they are. They can't even help it because they're just born that way. Mm-hmm. But then you add in, you know, the ethnicity factor and just like, wow, like, like, yeah, mind yeah, the ethnicity and then the mutant side. And as Kevin Smith puts mm-hmm. it best, is X Men is one giant gay parable. Well, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. And, and the thing uh, is, you know, just the, the I, I really like it even from a young age just because the females were always in good positions of like, like Storm yeah. was leader of the gold team. You know, Jean Grey was always like, you know, a, a powerful telepath that, you know, people relied on. It wasn't just like, Oh, you know these girls are here in spandex to you know yeah. sell. They were just eye candy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. They were there. That, for that's purpose. unfortunately just the '90s of comic books. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the art from back then, it's yeah. kind of a little sad. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I got to bring up right off the bat is a show that's going on now. That's in it's in its third season, and one of my absolute favorite shows, The Flash. Yes. 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 Wally West. This so past bad. week on the show, got his powers. Yeah. We have an African-American Wally West, Joe West, played by Jesse L. Martin, one of my favorite actors and Broadway singers. Right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Iris West, strong black female lead uh, lead in that show. Um, You know, Cisco Ramon, everybody's one of their favorite side characters. Hispanic character, you know, like, you know, just phenomenal. That show is so beautifully diverse and everybody jokes like... You know, they even said it on Supergirl, Calista Flockhart in season one of Supergirl when, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, it like the diverse it was cast of a CW show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because. But it, inclusion matters because if you're does. a kid watching these things and if mm-hmm. you're a, a child of color and you're watching these things, you're like, yes, I can relate to you, Wally West. You're my hero because I want to run fast. Not every, I, I, I can even remember being a kid growing up in the 80s and you would see, okay, She-Ra. And, um, you know, Gem and the holograms and all, like, you know, I was a girl. I liked Barbie. I liked a lot of things like that. I mean, I also liked Princess Leia and a couple other of the cool, like, Wonder Woman characters. I think I gravitated more towards them because everybody else was blonde and blue-eyed and I wasn't. So, mm-hmm. inclusion matters. Even even in just those respects. But if you think about it, if you're a little child and you're growing up and you don't see any superheroes that look like you, mm-hmm. what do you have to relate to? Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah. that. Again, like you said, because when you're when you're that little, you also don't associate. Like you're, it's it's simple association. So you Mm -hmm. go, oh, they look like me. I want to be like that. Right. It's really like pared down. Uh, And it's kind of funny. And this goes back to again talking with Flash real quick. Um, I didn't really think about it until now. Me and Kat watched the most recent episode this past, you know, last week. Uh, And we both were, you know, they get to the the moment where they're in, in the speed lab, and they clock. Wally's speed and he's faster than Barry and like we both kind of looked at each other and it's like you know Kat was just like you know you made the comment oh I kind of like Barry being fastest and you know he's the lead of the show but I didn't think about it until this conversation now but you know what that them doing that moment is saying you know what though but you can you know to a, that black African American kid that's watching the show you know what you can be faster than the Flash and I didn't realize it. how important that kind of is when you look at it in a different context I just got chills from you saying that that's fantastic <laughs> And as a Wally West fan, yeah. in comics, Wally is faster. Yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. he has a deeper connection with the Speed Force. What'll be interesting, interesting. Uh, what'll be interesting is if they give Wally the other powers. Uh, like, for example, Wally can make his own suit out of the Speed Force. Um, and I'd love to see them delve into that. Yeah. And show that Wally's got a set of powers that Barry never even considered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's awesome to see them do so many cool things. And like I said, that joke about the racially diverse CW cast. The CW's been doing this, like, the 100, mm-hmm. um, which is a show being oh, cast. so good! Adore. Great God. diverse cast in yeah. that show. And I gotta say, like, the female representation in the 100 is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, the leaders are, you know, the women in that. Like, they don't, in, you know, fall into any of the old, kind of bad, outdated tropes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's no, completely agreed. Awesome. Like, Arrow this season is a big one, too. They completely changed the dynamic of the team with having a new team. We now have, a, like, a Hispanic character who's fantastic and is actually really growing a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, Diggle's been there since the start. Uh, we've got, you know, female heroes on that show. Legends of the Tomorrow of Tomorrow is doing the same thing now, too. I mean... Hawkgirl. Yeah, you know, yeah, we had Hawkgirl. Now we have, you know, Vixen on the mm-hmm. team this season. And... You know, Jax, uh, Jefferson Jackson, Firestorm, all these awesome things they're doing in these shows. Oh, and yeah. even so in, great. Even in the DC movies, they might not have been fantastic, but uh, Gal Gadot is, um, I think... Israeli. She's Israeli. Yeah. Israeli. Uh, um, Ezra Miller is... Uh, I don't think he's... I think he's descended of something. He's not, like, straight white. He's not white guy. He's got he's got an ethnicity. I just can't <laughs> can't remember offhand. Yeah, it's. cyborg is being added. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman. And he's a Samoan. You know, yeah, he's a he Samoan. should be a Samoan. It does. I mean, if you're looking at it, like, okay, you know, ah, TJ's rolling his eyes because like, he's like Arthur Curry is a. D- Aryan. Well, no, there's actually. I love the fact that they're doing this. Yeah, I love the. I mean, it's. You know, one of the the issues with the Marvel movies right now is that they're all white men. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't... It took until, you know, you have, you have War Machine. So you've got... Really background like, character. Background at, character. Look at the Avengers. Right. And, I mean... Black background Widow character. keeps getting shunted to the background, even yeah. though she's the been fa- in all, like, most of the she's, movies. And been in the fray each and every time. She's yeah. never held yeah, back. she still has never gotten her own movie. Mm-hmm. She's still shunted to the background in every movie. They're like, oh, yeah, but it's fighting time, so the, you go the pew first, pew The like, truth the is, the, go shoot the, some guns over there. the first diverse lead they're going to have in any of the movies is the blank Black Panther movie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's the first one yeah. out of, we're talking 16 films. Yeah. That's insane. Can and we talk for a second about the Luke Cage series on Netflix? That was I don't good. know if you've seen any of it. I did. I watched it. So good. Really good. So good. Yeah. Jessica Jones. Jessica yeah. Jones. She yep. is. She is. That's very much not a, a white female lead in that show. <laughs> I like the first half of Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I did not dig the second half. I love okay. Jessica Jones though. I haven't Jessica seen Luke Jones Cage yet. Awesome. If you haven't, if you like haven't seen Luke Cage yet, there there are definitely a lot of high points. Um, but mm-hmm. it's very gritty and it's very. It, it delves into that, you know, seedy underbelly of yeah. mm-hmm. of some of the comic book world. It's not all shiny spandex. It's yeah. it's definitely it delves into a lot of ugliness and underworld. Yeah. And I liked it, but I think I like Jessica Jones even more because that just I like, haven't watched urban, all of Jessica Jones. It yet. felt like like the way like the urban fantasy books mm-hmm. I read. It had that vibe. Just for the record, I think we need a shiny ball, and every time we go too far off topic, we bounce across the table. 
Actually, yeah, I'm just, we're going to have klaxons, and then this Bill's going to hit a button for us. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm disappointed I haven't seen any of Luke Cage yet. Oh, Hey, we did it to you. Shame, Shame. Don't worry about it. I have haven't to either. I still have to catch up on Daredevil season two, Stranger Things, and half a dozen other things. Um, you know, I think we actually, we covered this, I think, pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. I think, let's get into the other thing, because I think our closer sure. is going to take a little longer than normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just want to... Um, well, I think, I think it's, we have enough time to do this, because bear in mind, our first half was an hour and 20, and we're only <laughs> an hour and 50 in. Yeah. That's including the first half. So, um, so uh, one of the other things I really wanted to touch upon this week, too, was uh, a time that something in our lives really was kind of very difficult for us to get through whether we you know maybe sometimes a death in the family uh or just like very kind of darker points in our lives where kind of like geek culture or something geeky that was related to us was something very powerful and kind of helped us get by um because i think everybody here has probably had at least one moment in time in their life where something did get them through a rough hurdle i mean it's, it may not be something as significant as a death or maybe a breakup or something like that but i mean like losing your job that's when you're trying to figure out where is the next point for you in your life, um, I think um, our loves really do get us through those moments. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has one of those right off the bat they wanted to touch upon first. I'll go. <laughs> or no, Bill, go ahead. Uh, so World of Warcraft, I'll come back to this. Okay. <laughs> I will always come back to it when presented the opportunity. Uh, it came out like the year after... My grandmother, my uncle, and my great aunt all passed away within the span of about six, seven months. And, you know, it's not a good thing to say, hey, yeah, I spiraled into addiction with World of Warcraft after this happened. But it kept me from being addicted to, like, alcohol or drugs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I spent my time playing games. And I, you know, could get lost in that world. And I still can get lost in that world. I won't. But I still (laughs) could. So that's that was mine. That's your big one. That's my yeah. big one. Um, mine is actually pretty recent. So uh, the recent presidential election threw me into a tailspin for a good couple weeks, and uh, um, I will have to say I'm going to call upon my love of Star Wars in this <laughs> this one because you know you, you look at it and we're dealing with the next the, this like looming empirical government that's just looking to squash everybody's freedoms and take away so much progressiveness that we've fought so hard to achieve. Um, you know, with Rogue One coming out and Star Wars Rebels and just sort of that glimmer of hope of there are people looking to restore balance to the Force. There are Jedis looking to return to, you know, balance out the Sith and kind of if we all fight under that kind of like grassroots notion of this is what we can do to kind of join hands with our community members and cross-culturally really focus on, okay, what can I do to help the African-American community? What can I do to help the Muslim community? What can I do to help my LGBTQ friends and make sure that, you know, we're all helping and representing each other so that none of us fall victim to this, you know, sort of empirical imperial force that's sort of looming in front of us over the next four years. Um, Star Wars has really been helping me through that. Yeah. It's given me a lot of hope. That's a good one. Anybody else next? I okay. yeah. Sure. Um, so I growing up I was incredibly shy and socially awkward. And I had like two friends through grade school. <laughs> so for me, like social situations were incredibly uncomfortable, which is funny now because I never shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> But I was like, it, I was I was an extrovert in an introvert family, 
And so that was the norm. And so I just kind of melded with it. And so books were my saving grace. Books were like, got me through everything. When I was lonely, when I was depressed, when I didn't feel like I had a friend, I would read. And I mean, like, you would just kind of immerse yourself in those stories. And it was that escapism, like you with World of Warcraft, where it's Mm -hmm. like, the escapism is, you know, but it also, I mean, the characters were your friends. The characters were, you know, you followed along with them in the stories. You kind of learned to empathize and things like that. And I mean, you taught incredibly important lessons throughout. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Are there yes? Oh, okay. I'll go go next. Um, Actually... I think I've got two moments, really, for me. Um, I had a point in time in my life where, actually, it was before me and Kat got together. um, And I was coming out of a relationship, and that was kind of on life support for, I would say, about a year. I mean, I think me and my ex at the time knew it. Um, But at that time in my life, I knew that means, hey, I don't know where I'm going to live. And at the same time, I get laid off. So I know all these massive life changes are happening or about to happen. Um, So there was a big six-month uh, six months of my life that I knew things were bad. Like, things were in a really, really bad, dark place. And it was before, you know, me and Kat uh, got together at this point. And I know I've got to do something, and I'm spiraling out. Like, I have no job to go to. Um, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to live in three months. And this was the first time I was ever on my own. Like, my first apartment I ever had. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to go back to my families. I don't want to take that step backwards. I was in that very early twenties feeling very proud and I don't want to give that up, but it was kind of like, my life is starting from scratch again. And I'm like terrified. It's a job I was at for the first time for, uh, like I think five or six years I was at the same company. Yeah. It was when I was working with electronic boutique, um, before the dark times, before the game (laughs) stuff. Um, so Uh, so for me, like I did fall back to video games, which was something really special to me. Um, and I got lost in a game called Kingdom Hearts 2. (laughs) Um, but it was all these great things that reminded me of like all these, it was all these microcosms that I loved already. And like seeing all these worlds of these Disney characters I grew up with or Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy that I was now a big part of my life since I was maybe like going back from like Final Fantasy 3 on Super Nintendo and all these little things that build up to something bigger and revisiting all these worlds and getting to revisit all of these different times of my life inside one game felt really special and it got me through what I don't know what I would have done without it and it was the point where I don't think I've ever gone through games that I'm going to complete 100% every square inch of this backwards (laughs) and forwards and I did it for the first time and every time I did that it made me feel drastically better every time I was like, I went to Pirates of the Caribbean and it made me think about the ride or the first time I saw that movie um, or even something as dumb as going to the Winnie, and the, uh, Winnie the Pooh levels in that game. And just, adore, adore. And just, no matter how sad I felt that day, I couldn't help but smile because Winnie the Pooh does that to you. It doesn't it's matter how precious, old you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you have no soul, I um, but when you think makes you smarter, <laughs> <laughs> like, even going and seeing something like Tron in that game, it's a, it's a movie I watched with my dad a ton of times and my mom. Um, so all this game did was bring me back to all these amazing moments. Um, the second part for me was actually probably only a year ago. Um, I don't think I've ever even said this to many of my friends, but like my wife knows Cat, obviously. Bill was there for it, and I know you guys, a couple of you guys here, um, were aware, but uh, 
this time last year, I was in a very dark place in my life. I was kind of at a point where I was feeling like I was going nowhere fast. Uh, and I didn't really feel like I was necessary to a lot of people's lives. Uh, my voice never really mattered much. And I was just kind of the background character of everybody else's like life in their movie that was happening. And I hit my birthday and I had this massive breakdown. And uh, I had a lot of friends here for that moment when that happened. And I stepped away and kind of fell apart in front of my wife and my best friend. And in that moment, I knew I needed to do something for myself. And I went and, you know, eventually saw a therapist. And it was a really powerful moment for me that was really great and strong. And in many months of that happened. But during that time, I found connections with people I never knew I had through doing things like playing board games, like modern day board games. And doing that and having that interaction where you felt connected to a group of people you're sitting around a table with. Um was really empowering. It was, it felt great because like you were able to geek out with everybody about the same thing. We had Star Wars right after that. So it was all these little moments where we all really came together and honestly doing this podcast and doing the other show that I do made me feel like I had worth again. So a lot of my geeky life kind of felt like it saved me and mixed with all of my friends. Uh, and through doing stuff like this, it really is kind of impressive when, when you can have those moments. Um, so it was kind of all of my geek culture kind of felt like it saved me at a point where I thought I was at my darkest. So I don't yeah. want to follow up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to follow up on that. You can go. I'll follow up on you. <laughs> You're not going to do any better with me. I can follow up. Um, so for me, it was less the, uh, the actual geek stuff and more of the people I had met through it. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I decided that uh, hitting a telephone pole with my car was preferable to running over a cat. Wasn't the best decision of my <laughs> life, let's be honest here. Um, and uh, I totaled my car, had to move out of my apartment, back in with my father, had no transportation, was literally walking to a bus stop to get to... Uh, to get to work, um, and it was like just a disaster, and I was very low. Uh, at the time, I was in a hunter larp, uh, out in the boondocks. <laughs> By car, it took an hour. By bus, I'd get there in four weeks. <laughs> um. Uh, so I called up one of the guys running it uh, the day of the game. And I said, hey, I, I'm not going to be able to make it. He goes, why not? And I said, well, I don't have a car. I, you know, when you fight a telephone pole with your car, it normally loses. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it. He goes, well, where are you? I'm in Westchester. I'm in Westchester. And he goes, what's your address? I give him the address. And he goes, okay. He hangs up on me. I'm like, fine, whatever. Uh, about uh, 45 minutes later, there's a knock on my door. And my friend Lucci is standing at the door and goes, good <laughs> shit, let's go. Because that's how Lucci is. Car Lucci? Yeah. 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 Uh, and I went, what? Yeah, yeah. And goes, <laughs> for further, if you want the little annotation to, to find out more about Lucci, go back uh, to this episode last year for our Star Wars spoiler cast. Yeah. Yes, because he was in it. <laughs> um, and he said, get in, get in the goddamn car. And I said, what? Uh... No, I want to out of my dad's house. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> and he drove me out to the it's game. Like an hour from Westchester. God, what? I said it's not an hour from Westchester. It's like forty minutes. 
<laughs> it depends. One, it depends on what time of day it is. Yeah, that's true. Two, it depends Actually, on how many speed limit laws are breaking. If Lucci was driving, he was only twenty minutes. It's true. It was <laughs> half an hour. There was a cop. <laughs> you, have to, to, you can't. You have to. You can't speed through Guthriesville. Though. Yeah, well, we, we had to slow time. down for I've that cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So he uh, he drove me out there, uh, and then every time game came around again, somebody picked me up. Uh, either from work or from my father's house, uh, and drove me to game. Uh, in the meantime, uh, it was one of those points I learned who my friends actually were. Mm -hmm. Because the friends I had, the the other group of friends that I had outside of this LARP, um, basically just stopped showing up. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, that that sucks. Uh, but, uh, and I'm still friends with 90% 90% of those people today. So that's... So it wasn't so much the... Uh, because I had a feeling if we were playing a baseball game, Lucci would have showed up and got to me. So I don't think it mattered that it was a LARP. It was the people. Yeah. So that's... You know, and that's what I... You said geeky thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, anytime there was something, they got... They went out of their way to pick me up. Yeah. What's that line from Firefly? Uh... When you can't walk, what is yes, it? Yes, I know. When you, when you can't run, when you, you can't, walk. When you can't run, you walk. When you, you can't, can't walk, walk, you crawl. crawl. And when you can no can longer crawl, crawl you, you find someone to carry you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, I, I think the, the reason I really, this episode was very important because is, I know there's a lot of people out there and like, we're not going to get political because um, everybody has different beliefs on everything and I never want to tell anybody you can't have them. Um, but it's a fi- time is like, there's a lot of people right now going through a ton of different emotions and things. And this is kind of a reminder that, like, whether it's getting around a, a table and geeking out with friends, um, <laughs> or honestly just sharing some memories and reminding yourself that your geeky things do get you by sometimes. Um, those are really strong, powerful messages. Like, being a geek, you know, in some of our lives when we were younger was really difficult. Like, we got picked on, you know, beat down. It's not quite the same anymore. You have the more abilities to be a geek. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be there to push you down. But you can remember you have things that you can do and engage in. And they can mean something to you as long as you allow them to mean something to mm-hmm. you. So that's kind of the message that we wanted to kind of share with doing this podcast in general. So It's yours. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I don't have any, like, one particular powerful, like, memory of that. But... You know, growing up, I always realized I was a little different from most of the other kids in my class. Like, you know, the sports were fine and, you know, playing on the playground was fine. But, you know, I was really into, like, learning. I was into studying and reading and all that stuff. And it's like most kids that age, you know. Nerd. Exactly. It's like, nerd, you're weird, you know. And I had glasses, four eyes, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it was whatever. But, you know, I always, like... I still remember like my memory of going to my cousin's house and playing Mary Brothers. I was like, "Wow, this is so fascinating! It's it's really different. It's this interactive game, and like, what the heck? Like, you can scroll and jump, and because my only previous experience was like Pong and like Space Invaders, just like, you know." <laughs> um, but ever since that, I was just hooked on onto video games, and you know, it was always my like escapism from the real world. No matter what was happening, no matter how bad it was, I always had some kind of game. Uh, to escape it to because I, I was fascinated by these stories and these characters and it was interactive and, and on multiple levels and you know some of them had uh, expansive endings and multiple endings, like Chrono Trigger you know it was one of my favorite ones from childhood yes. because like you know it's like little like I get to decide how the story plays out you know and stuff like that and 
you know, all these different, you know, we talked about diversity and I mean, that, that cast was pretty cool just because, you know, you had a, a talking frog, a robot, yeah. Yeah. you know, a prehistoric, you know, badass blonde chick, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so, you know, video games were always there for me and that, you know, just further expanded into, you know, comic books and uh, anime. And then, you know, when I was in, you know, when I graduated high school, you know, it was still kind of weird to be a geek. But then my 20s, you know, um, and I can hear a couple of my friends, you know, even uh, lamenting me for this. But, like, I got into Naruto the one day because my, mm-hmm. one of my friends was like, oh, you should really watch this one the show. And I dipped out of anime, you know, from high school into my college years. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And I was like, wow, this is really good. So I started telling all my other friends, hey, you should watch this Naruto series. And then we all yeah. got into it. And then out of that, we all, like, became really interested in anime again. We started watching other things and sharing. Exactly. We, like, talking about different series and watching different series and and sharing different series. And I'm like, you know, let's uh, let's go to an anime convention sometime. It's like we, for years, we had had spent, you know, going to that. And then we spawned a film. Okay, well, let's try this gaming convention. Let's go to PAX. Let's go to Gen Con and all this other stuff. Gen Con. Yeah. And it's just, you know, throughout all those years, and I think about it, it's like, you know, people have come and people have gone, but like you just like that camaraderie and that feeling of like togetherness. And there's belonging. something about there's something to be said about especially when you're at a con with like Gen Con where it's yeah. all about gaming and you can yeah. hop from one table game to another and they're like, oh wait a minute, I gotta go home and I gotta go back to the room and get ready for my LARP tonight. You know, it's, it's something about being amongst your people and feeling safe. Exactly. And just knowing that you're like, we are all here for the same geeky reasons. Yeah. Let's throw it down yeah exactly and you don't have to worry about being judged right yeah. you don't have to be judged it's always like that at jeff's events too oh yeah i mean like yeah. we i mean you were just a super yeah. like mm-hmm. you, you can wander mm-hmm. anywhere and talk to anyone yeah, and, and everyone is so friendly and cool yeah. and you're like all right i just made these new friends yeah you and know? that's what i love about it because you know no matter who you are no matter what background you came from you know you're in a character like a costume or you're wearing a like a patch or something it's like you know what? Let's talk Thundercats. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Naruto. Whatever. Like, dude. Like, we're friends on that level. Let's expand from there. Like, we have you a common bond. Thundercats. Yeah. I think on that note, we're gonna go into our closing because I don't think I can beat Steampunk Thundercats. So, uh, all right. So, to give a little ground rules for this for you guys, because this is the first time we're doing this, and hopefully this works out well. I'm gonna actually totally need this. So. Um, so instead of doing Merry Fuck Kill or Own Ride Destroy, which we've done the last couple of weeks, um, we decided to add a third potential option to throw into every time uh, we're looking to close out the show. And this time we decided to actually go with 20 questions. Uh, and the way we're going to do this is it's going to be the characters you, you guys are all going to be looking at is it's going to be a cartoon character or a character from a family film slash TV show. So, and... Any time period is open game. You guys are all going to do this together. So you're going to kick to me. I'll give you you guys your yes or no's. I already have, you know, my character specifically. And to give you guys thoughts of maybe how to kick (laughs) things off, you can be like, is this character live action? You know, uh, was this character created before, you know, January 1st, 2000? Things like this. So you guys can look at this, but... It's up to you guys if you guys want to go around each kick out one or you guys can can discuss amongst yourselves out loud what you want to do and then have your spokesperson and I'll give you guys your answers and keep tally here on how many questions you have left. Yeah, I think you want to kick around. Should yeah, get, uh, we go keep going yeah. around. If you have a guess, yeah. you guess. If your guess is wrong, you're out. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, we're no, going to say you guys that. can all and all come up with this stuff together. The moment that you say, is this character this? I think if we're doing the, is this character this, we need to come together to yes. 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 Yeah. And if you guys get it wrong on your guess, 
done, and that guess has to be done by question 20. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not 121. Yeah. So this is your ground rule, so you guys know what you're looking at. Okay. I've got some notes here. I've got yeah, my question. phone up with, with Wikipedia, so if I have to relate to things really quickly. Who can write? I, I don't know. I think, <clears throat> uh, I think this should be like a, a contest. I wouldn't be against you. No. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> this, is, this is all together, so... Um, so I figured this will be a fun way to do this. Like I said, um, we're waiting, cats grabbing a pen. So you guys have your hash marks. I will have mine as well. So you guys know how many questions you've gone through, but, uh, I think this will, this will mix it up a little bit. So, um, and I'm ready for, uh, for this whenever you guys are. So whoever has the first question, kick it out. I have one. All right, go ahead. Um, so wait, we're doing cartoon. Cartoon, but it also, it's cartoons or... Or or family. Family films. Okay. Or TV. Yeah, or or TV, but it's all family-oriented. Is the character an animal? Um, no. All right, next. Data. Is the character animated? Yes. Is the character from the 80s? Yes. Is the character male? Yes. Hmm. Okay, so we've got a male character. And now, bear, hold it. Just to give you guys preface, too. I can only give you yes or no answers. Right. So mm-hmm. you may have to look into some of these a little bit deeper. So so, so we've got a male character from the 80s, animated. Human. That's not probably an a good animal. question. Not an animal. Not, so an, not animal. an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, good question. Is the character human? No. There we go. Steampunk steam Thundercats. Cat, eh? <laughs> you're next. Oh, shit. Make it a good can one. I pass? Yeah, you guys can Okay, keep... I'm going to pass because I need to think. I was busy rummaging for a... Uh... Okay, animated non-human male character from the 80s. Is the character a robot? No. Not a robot. <laughs> Even the robot. Was the character in a movie? Yes. So what are 80s? Is the character American in origin? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, no. Uh, so not a robot, right? Uh-huh. Not a robot. Okay. Not human, but not an animal. Male. Oh. Not American. In a movie. In a movie. And you can't pull out phones for any reason. <laughs> <on this one. laughs> I was moving because my tablet was about As to fall. TJ slyly slides his phone out from underneath his is, tablet. Is the character in a TV show? Yes. Okay, so we got movie and TV character. Animated. Probably an alien. Possibly an alien. Not American. I could ask. <laughs> I, I, I... Um, from the 80s. It's a guy. Yeah, what do we got? It's good. This is a good one. Yeah. Of course, we all we all say that now, and then Rob will give us the answer, and it'll be like, "Oh, come on!" And then when you look back at it, you're gonna be like, "Son of a bitch, it's right there." Yeah. Yep. Oh, is the character an alien? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh no, it's animated. Animated, so it's not Alf. Not Alf. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, bear in mind, Alf was an animated series as well. Yes, it was. But it was an American animated series. Mm But that wasn't the thing, though. That's not something that you so asked. Like, Alf, you asked it's, it's the character I'm American. Like, as in not, the character. It sounds like Superman, but... <laughs> it does. But I feel like that's almost too easy. <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, could be. TV show and movie. <laughs> oh, no, I... I, I, I got have a power level over 9,000. <laughs> or just look constipated for episode upon episode. Yeah. Sorry. So you have ten questions remaining. 
<coughs> you could look at things like what's the character wearing? Yeah, they're not aware of or does the character have superpowers? No. Yes. Oh, no Goku. So no Goku. <laughs> and we'll have to keep this moving along yes. too. Is, so is the character from an American animation? Yes. So that rules out Japanese anime. Yeah. So, because Kat had to step away real quick, one of the yeah. questions that was asked is this character from a... Uh, does this character have superpowers? And the answer was no. And the other thing real quick was, is this character from an American animation? And mm-hmm. I said yes. So, you are 12 questions in. DJ. Does the character look human? Yes. So, not elf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely not elf. <laughs> I, I like you leaning towards Superman, maybe. See, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, it seems like it's sense. so easy. Superman was from the 1930s, but he did have some movies and TV shows in the 80s. Yeah. Justice League. And there were several. Uh, he doesn't have superpowers. He said no to superpowers. The TV oh, show. Superpowers. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was he the main character? No. Oh. And bear in mind, think back at some of the questions you guys did ask, and think about the way you asked them, because that does alter some of this. Damn it. So what are some TV and movie combos from the 80s? There are 14 questions in. You have six remaining. So, hold on, I want to bring forward. So I asked him if it was American in origin. Yeah. I guess... You said, is is the character American in origin? Right, okay. I just wanted to make sure I I asked what I thought I asked. So he's oh, not a main maybe. character either. Yeah. That's a... That's... <coughs> Talk this out amongst yourselves, too. Yeah. So. TJ again. So listen to me. Was the TV show about a group? Yes. What's your, what's your line of thinking, TJ? <laughs> Talk it out. It's obscure enough that Rob would pick it. Um, <laughs> I didn't pick something obscure. I can tell you that much. No, no, no. Uh, it's known, but it's it, Defenders of the Earth. What? Flash Gordon, the Phantom, uh, Mandrake the Magician, and Lothar. Two of those guys were from Africa, but it was an American-based cartoon show. But did they have superpowers? Phantom didn't, but he wasn't an alien. Yeah. What? And were they animated, though? Yeah. Okay. And one of the things I will say, everybody at this table knows of this character. Oh, so it's not Defenders of the Universe. Oh, that means I know it? Everybody no here knows this character. Oh. Well, shit. Um, this is just fun for people to play along with this. Yeah. They're listening to the podcast. And I will edit this to make sure that the we also, silence gaps are cut down. <laughs> we're also thinking that it's just in the 80s. It could be started in the 80s and ended in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Do we want to waste a question asking that, though? I don't know. No. We I don't kind of want to ask if it was well, in a video. You have five questions left. Well, Do it. What's that? I want to ask if it's if the character wasn't in video game or something. Okay. I don't know though. What do you guys feel? That's, I think, we gotta, I think that's a good question. We got to phrase yeah. it right. Yeah. yeah. Was the character also in a video game? Yes. Okay. You guys have four questions left. You think it, you think it might? It's not anime. Right? Well, we're saying. <laughs> okay, so the question it could be because technically he doesn't have superpowers. Movie. It could be TV Mario. Show, yeah, he was Mario. He, Mario. Mario did not have super characters. Yeah. Superpowers. And he's Italian. He's Italian. He's not American. (laughs) (laughs) And created in Japan, technically. Yeah. Um, Could also, uh, well, no, Simon Belmont didn't have a movie. 
Mario did have. A yeah, Mario did have. You did, you did ask the question: Is this character American? Which I did say no. Yeah. And then I did. You did ask: Is this character human? Uh, he's an alien that it's rules out. He's an alien. Yeah. So he's not old, but the thing is, he's not human, and he's not the main character either. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luigi. you guys can do this. Bring it home. No. <laughs> so it's going to be a popular video game. Yeah. I mean, we all know. Yes, definitely. But what's the video game for you? This all is, right. I need cares. another question. Come on, somebody Thanks. else. Come on, Cat. You can narrow do it. down time frame more. You can narrow it down with the character's look. Well, we know the character looked human. Yeah. Yes, but, but even but further. Even yeah. further. Like, what did they wear? Male, human. <laughs> How about did they wear a cape? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Did the character wear a cape? No. No capes. No capes. No capes. <laughs> no capes. Never, never capes. You could ask if they have a distinctive weapon. But, but that's does... not a yes or no question. Well, okay. Well, yes yeah, but it doesn't really tell us what the. It would the tell us if it you, was well, like did... Mario or Link. Or... Well, or you, could, or you could just see if the character has a weapon at all. Like. Yeah. Uh, so, so does this character use a weapon? Yes. Okay. So we have one more question, then we have to make a guess. Yes, you do. Yeah. Crap. All right, so to go back through, you said, did this character appear in the 80s? I said, yes. No, no, I said... Wait, that's the question you asked is, did the character appear in the 80s? Appeared in the 80s. Uh-huh. No, I thought I asked, was it a product of the... Or was it in the 80s? No capes. Was the character in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it appears in the 80s. But alien... You have to be very specific. An alien, alien character that looks alien human on the side. that's also appeared in a movie in a video game is not uh, somebody character. from America, but okay. is an American animation. Do we rule that it's not an anime? Yes. Correct. Yes. Okay. It's an American anime. So, I mean, just anything American animation. No cape. No cape. I have a weapon. clarifying question. Yes. That when you say movie, mm-hmm. the character has appeared in a no, movie. No, no. Uh, are, are, are we talking big screen movie or like TV movie? You That's another question, but I will give you guys this one because it's the first time we're doing this. Did appear in a big screen movie. Okay. Ooh. Right. Well, no, because some people wouldn't count TV, like Doctor Who had a TV movie. Yeah. No, totally. So, if he's also in a video game, did Mega Man have a TV show and a movie? He was Mega in Man Captain was in and the, he did have the a Nintendo Man. TV he, show. He was in the, in the Captain and in the, uh, and he the did game. But he didn't have his movie. movie. He never had a movie. He had multiple TV yeah. series, though. Yeah. But he was not a... This guy is not a main character, though. Yeah. That's like, true. I, yeah. I will tell you guys this. And I'll help you guys along the path. Don't look at video games. It just wasn't a video game. It was a licensed video game. Hey, you know what? That's always a good question. Star yeah. Wars fits the spell. A license. That's, I keep thinking back to that myself, um, and I'm like, well, no cape, so that rules out Darth Vader. Um, did not have superpowers, so that kind of rules out any Force users. I'm thinking it might be Han Solo. Because um, he had a weapon. Han Solo was human. No, he wasn't. He was Corellian. Thank you. <laughs> Are you splitting hairs that much? No. <laughs> <laughs> then, then. Was it look human? Was yes or no? Looks hum- human. Looks human. Chewy. Chewy. <laughs> Chewbacca. I was saying. I was, go- I was going. I was going. A lot of robots, so not C three PO. Chewy. Obi Wan. Lobot. 
Globot. Yeah, whatever his name was. The guy with the. Alright, I need a question, guys. You got one more that you can use to narrow this down. Remember, animated. Animated as well. Animated. I I think. Not a robot. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, this is animated. Animated. Star Wars had an animated series. But we didn't ask, was the character in it? How about. Can we ask. Should we, we ask if he's a hero question. or villain, or do you want to focus we in on Star Wars? We have not asked if he's a hero or villain, we only have one question yeah. left. I think that's actually yeah. a good decisive yeah, to go ask, ahead. though. Rob, you're killing us. All right. Is it a What's hero it? or a villain? It's well, a villain. Villain. Oh. One question left, so I need your guess. Oh, God. Wait a minute. Okay, no. I don't All know. right. Now's the time to look at everything that you guys Skeletor. have. <laughs> <laughs> Villains from the 1990s. Yo, actually, that fits. Skeletor is the main character, though. No, he's not. No, he's the villain. He's the villain. He's the villain. The main character is He-Man. What about the Joker? He's an alien. He's humanoid. But uh, Joker's not an alien. True. Yeah, and Cat's right. He's humanoid. He's an alien. Yeah, we asked that. Yeah, yeah, there is a He-Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had a movie. Yeah, and a TV show. And he's got a distinctive weapon. Yeah. And theoretically speaking, man, we didn't ask. We, didn't ask we never asked. We just said that he has. What well, no, he uses? Okay, so he uses a weapon. Um, it was a group show. Does, did, he guess, have, did he have superpowers? No, no. Or no. Skeletor oh. did have the superpowers. No, he didn't. He had magic. That's different. Which is okay, not a superpower. I guess, yeah, yeah, All right, do you guys have your guess? <laughs> I'm not guessing because I'm gonna be so. Bad. All right, somebody's got to do this. The show does have to end sometime. Go ahead, Cat. Should I guess? I got nothing better. That's gonna be my guess. You you guys are all guessing that it's Skeletor. No. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. That is the group consensus. I need yes. to get, yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> the character was Marvin the Martian. Oh. Oh. He appeared in the eighties. Marvin the Martian was a character right. from Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes from nineteen forty eight, and that ended its original run in nineteen eighty six. The character then appeared in multiple things, such as Space Jam, which was a movie. Yes. Fuck! Dude's back in action. <laughs> yeah, but I would go, he does not look human. Yeah, I agree. He's, a, he's humanoid he's shape. Like, I can't oh, say kind so of. In 20 cool. questions, there Where is no yes, but that would be answers. <laughs> I can't give you yes or no, because if I say no and you say, well, if you said, he looks humanoid, though. So no, 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 I would have, like, that's like saying, you know, Worf looks Martian. human. Marvin the Martian. Skeletor looks yeah. human. Yeah, but it's, you know. Skeletor uh, fit the bill. I think it's Skeletor but, still. So Marvin the Martian. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, so that is the first one for for our 20 questions. Well added. done. Well so, done. It was not an easy one. Yeah, yeah, not an easy that. one, but it's a character yeah. you guys all know very well. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I figured something different to change it up. So, did you guys like this? Yes, yeah, no. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> You're like, it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you know, so we'll do this every once in a while. Yeah. Here, so, but, uh, but yeah, valid attempt on that one. So, um, so like I said, now we'll, uh, real quick go around. Everybody lets us know what you're working on. If there's anything you want to plug. Uh, and then after that, we'll say goodbye and then we'll see everybody in December. So Kat, we'll start off with you. Um, nothing too much. I mean, just all the books. All the books. All the books. So you have stuff coming yeah. up soon. Plug them. Plug them. Plug your recent releases and future releases. Uh, my most recent releases were Scrying for Summer and Tale of Two Airships back in August. And then my next release on the horizon is Rising for Autumn Woo-hoo. in 
February. February 28th is my release date. So that'll be Where can people find you? Amazons. Amazon. Amazons. Okay. Uh, if you look up Catherine McIntyre on Facebook, that's usually where I update everything. Okay. Jada. What is going on in your world? Oh, raising all the childrens. <laughs> <laughs> raising the next the generation of nerdlings and younglings and Padawans. Um, I have my oldest is going to be in a play starting this weekend. Yeah. She's really psyched. Awesome. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I mean, just lots of Zumba and find me on some Facebook. That's <laughs> TJ, I got a lamp. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what you said? If I got stuff to plug. Do you want the bell? <laughs> But is it a major award? Ooh. What? Is it a major award? Winning lamp? Is it for Gile? For Gile? 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 We're coming up. Yeah. We're coming up to the Christmas season. Okay. That is very true. <laughs> Tony. Uh, yeah, so again, uh, guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, if you're interested, I also am part of a different podcast called All You Can Geek. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all that other good stuff, uh, YouTube. Um, we do weekly episodes. Uh, we do a movie cast and like a game cast, and then we'll do big ones for like big movies like Suicide Squad and uh, Doctor Strange and all that. Good what stuff. was the name of it again? All You Can Geek. You can find us uh, allyoungeek.net is the website, but any social media platform we're on. Bill. So I just got a PS4, and Woo! I'm looking to play all the games. And by all the games, I really just mean Hatsune Miku. <laughs> <laughs> I played the hell out of the game already, and I've only had it for two days. I'm oh sure God. you have. <laughs> I've seen you on there numerous times. <laughs> hey, it'll be my first game that I can hopefully get a platinum trophy in. There you go. Aww. Not too bad. Yeah. You um, should go over and steal the game before he gets a platinum trophy. <laughs> it's it's smart digital. Uh, you can't unless you steal, steal my PS4. PS4. Well, now you just Rob, give it to I think you can do that. Bill, would you like to give your address on the pockets? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and as for me, uh, you can always find the other show that I do, which is a weekly show, which is uh, with Ben Beck, who's normally on this podcast along with uh, with most of us here. Uh, and that's DC Primetime, and we cover uh, the weekly episodes and the news for DC films, DC TV shows, speaking of specifically Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, this is our big week coming up. We're coming Woo-hoo. into the Invasion episode, so by the time you're hearing this, we should be in the middle of Invasion happening right now with the big four-part crossover. Uh, and uh, as always, you can find this podcast, obviously, and many other podcasts uh, over at our new home, which is nextlevelradioonline.com. And uh, we do have a new RSS feed, so if you're listening to this on the website, uh, look for the link on this page where you can find the new RSS feed, which is going to have all of our episodes, which should be by the time you listen to this. Um, I know there's still a little backlog that's on the website, but uh, but beyond that, though, we always give a special thanks to DJ Cutman and Game Chop Records for our intro and outro music that you hear. It's from their album, uh, We You Grooves, and uh, this song is How Attractive, if you're looking for that song. But uh, we'll see you guys around the bend uh, next month for our December episode, which we'll be looking back at 2016. And as some of us the may say, fire. <laughs> the dumpster fire that it was, <laughs> and looking forward to the future of 2016. But by the time we're going to do this again. again. Sorry, I don't want to do no, it again. We need to do over. We need yeah, to do over. seriously. So, uh, but yeah, but by that time, though, too, Rogue One will be out. So more than likely, we'll be doing what we did last year. And we'll attach a nice little spoiler cast for Rogue One after that episode. So expect the yearly long three and a half hour episode that is coming. I guarantee <laughs> it. Um, 
granted, we all know kind of how it's going to kind of end. Somewhat, the Death Star is built. Spoilers. Make um, the Empire great again. Well, no, it's going to end with them sending the plans to yes, a young Princess too. Leia. Very true. So, until then, we'll see you guys in December. Thank you again. And thank you, Jada, and thank you, Tony, for joining us. And welcome Thanks to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Peace. Bye.